0: the 31st 2000 so happy millennium eve everybody oh yes and welcome to the wrestling 20 years ago podcast end of year award show my name is rory mcnamara guiding you through the eighth annual edition of the winding where we assess debate and most fun of all argue about the previous 12 months of north american pro wrestling we are all already strapped into the time machine and all of us includes mr eric landstrom eric hello hello i
1: called shotgun so here we go
0: Dan Welling is here.
2: Hi, guys. Thank you once again for inviting me on Into the Time Machine for the most fun event of the year.
0: Wouldn't have it any other way. Chris Lacey is here. I'm in the bag
3: drinking already. It's going to be fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think we probably need that fair warning. So thanks, Chris. And last but not least, Chris White is here. Good evening, everyone. Hello, one and all. Right. Let's get the boring stuff out of the way. So, a month or so ago, I sent out a list of no fewer than 14 different categories to our intrepid guests, and I asked them to send me their personal top three picks for all of them. Most of the categories are old favourites, but one or two of them are new to this year. I awarded three points for their top pick, two for their second, and one for their third. And then from there, as Vince would say, I totaled up all the choices and came up with a final nominations list of runners and riders, with the top three highest scorers in each category, making it through to the reckoning you are about to hear in some cases there were picks that received an equal number of points within the top three threshold and when that happened i put all of them through because i am nice like that no need for any recounts here so if you're listening brooks brothers don't bother this time i will read out the nominations for each category and we will have a natter about them in the time honored manner to which you have all become accustomed after a few minutes of deliberation i will ask each of our panel to pick their individual winner and the choice with an outright majority of votes from the four of them will take the trophy two important points to note number one i did cast my own selection during the preliminary process in order to increase the sample size but in my role as speaker here i will only get a vote casting one to be precise in the event of a tie and I am expecting to have to do that more than once and point number two only picks that have made it through to the final knockings tonight are eligible to win the category he says banging the table if your favorite didn't make it then in what will likely be our sole reference to Shawn Michaels today tough titty said the kitty if you want to hear more on why I've drawn attention to that fact then go back to last year's show specifically the best match portion Oh, was that one ever a test of my resolve? Anyway, just listen to him laughing here. Anyway, enough of my yakking. Let's boogie. First of order of the evening. Let's crack right into it. And it is Tag Team of the Year. Very much the top three. And I am sure, dear listener, you know who they are. But for the sake of posterity, one of our winners will come from, in no particular order, Edge and Christian, the Dudley boys, and the Hardy boys. Chris White, only right and proper you start us off here on the Tag Team Award because WWF Tag Teams, you've you've been there through the lowest of lows and now the very literal highest of highs. Kick us off with this category, my friend.
4: I mean, who could have possibly seen this coming a couple of years ago when I made the nomination of Unbearable Shitness as the uh, the WWF Tag Division as a whole. And we've come so far in what feels like a relatively quick amount of time to be honest like uh, we've had our three nominees coming up on the horizon for i mean all of them, like 99 and then in 2000 is it's not a breakthrough year it's just they're stars now in my eyes like all of these teams are just key players in a crucial part of everything good about the WWF this year um it's only right that these three teams made the top three. Uh, I mean, we only have to go back to WrestleMania, which is a show that I would like to not dwell on too often um, for this year. And you have the triangle ladder match there. And then you take us through to SummerSlam and we have that first ever tables, ladders and chairs match between these two, three to te- uh, between these three teams. And uh, yeah, it's been special to watch. Um, I, I, Wouldn't be angry at any one of the three taking the win here. And I'm so happy that we've come so far in the WWF.
0: Dan, how do you think this one is shaken down?
2: I'd like to echo Chris and say that if any of these three deserves to win this award, like we talk about arguments on this show quite a bit. There is no argument for me that any of these three deserve to win. I think that, that these... Yes, they probably aren't as vicious as they were in ECW, but they still in the WWE world of, of slightly sanitized are still very much like peaked in the first third of the year. They were fantastic. They generally kind of like made up made the other two up their game. But then Edge and Christian have just been these incredible characters for the good a good six or seven months of the year with just their their charisma. Their just ability to be dorks is is ridiculous, the entertaining Um, and the Hardys are just have just been that consistently excellent, pure white meat baby face. And with along with Lita, with Team Extreme are just some of the most marketable. You know wrestlers that are currently in North America right now for for the generation X for the um one forixers now, but you know what thats told for demographic the thirteen to fifteen year old skater kids who are just you know they they adore these guys and for good reason and I' talked about what they've done in the ring yet yeah. i mean from all from all sides of the the coin, these three teams have just been head and shoulders above everybody that has come probably in the last five or six years. I mean, this is levels of like the eighties for me, where the WF Tag division was something that everyone could go and look forward to going and watching. I think we're at that stage now, being ably supported as well by teams like Two Cool, who I think are equally like very, very good. And if it wasn't for these three teams would easily be nominated for this award as well. Like the tag division has been organically been one of the best parts of WWF this year, and these three teams have just been head and shoulders the best.
0: Eric, your thoughts on this list?
1: Everybody's saying everything that's true. Uh each of these three teams have had wonderful years. Now I wanna I wanna put all that aside for a second though. And I think there are clearly two teams here that are far and away more deserving than the other of tag team of the year i want to talk about the hardy boys first i think that if you were to take a popularity contest i think they would run away with this thing i think it would be like 85 percent would vote for the hardy boys for this especially in that like fans under 35 under 30 and you had lita to the mix and i might vote for him with lita you know what i'm saying but like i i think that they are, they are the team that is necessary for this dynamic to work as much as any of the other three. But I don't think they're the tag team of the year because I think the Hardys are the least rounded team uh, of these three. And what I mean by that is I think you can put the Dudleys in any match, you can put the uh, Edge and Christian in any match, and they can have a good, a good match. The psychology is there. Don't forget about psychology. Um, and I think that... Uh, what we've seen over the course of those two fabulous the latter matches at WrestleMania and at TLC is that the Hardys are there to do that incredible shit, and they're very, very popular, and they appeal to a demo. But I don't think they're quite as rounded as the Dudleys or as Edge and Christian. And so for me, I think that the Dudleys and Edge and Christian edge out the Hardys as far as tag team of the year. But I think it's incredibly appropriate that we talk about all three of these teams together because I don't think you can do anything else.
0: Uh, Chris Lacey, you've been banging the drum, among other things, for the Dudleys for many a year. What do you think of their inclusion here, and what are your opinions of the list overall?
3: So, first things first, the Hardys are great spot monkeys, and they serve their purpose well. But you don't, as Eric said, you don't get a full match out of them. They are there just to hit the big spots, take the tops off, make the girls scream, Leah takes the top off, make the dudes scream. You know, and fuck me, they're good at doing it, but they're not the complete package of tag team Year. The Dudleys have managed to still be them, but a toned down WWF version of them. And I didn't think they were going to do it, but they fucking have. They've brought the tables in and done it in a Fed style. Obviously, we're not going to see burning tables and stuff like that in the Fed. It's not going to happen. However much I'd love to see him, you know, bring back some of that. And Bubba's not going to start, you know, telling daughters' mums how to suck dick. But in the context of what that they can do in the land of the Fed, they're doing everything right. There's the whole bit where they were obviously putting girls through tables earlier in the year and bubba getting his sort of weird i've just blown my load look on his face and i'm all for you know them being able to do that in a way that fits with the fed now edge and christian who would have thought it when you know they were gang girls little running buddies in the brood that they had comedy chops Add ankle to that mix, because you have to for the earlier part of the year. And the dicking around, taking the piss out of whatever town they were in, that was just fucking gold. And then they could back it up in the ring. You can put them in with the APA. You can put them in with Bossman and Bull, with Two Cool and Hardys and Dudleys. And they can work a match that is still their style, but at the same time, not take away from who they're working with. So of of who's had the better year and gone on, who's done more, Edge and Christian have kicked on the furthest. But we all know where my picks go. And so because <laughs> there's, there's certain things that just aren't ever going to change.
1: You got to beat you. You got to beat the champ to win the belt. You can't win it by count out. And you can't get in an NL no contest, you know what I'm saying?
3: <laughs>
0: uh, easy, big fella. He started already. Just before we put this one to a vote, uh, Chris White, I'll just come back to you there. Maybe just fly the flag a little bit more for the Hardys on this one, I think it's fair to say. Because yeah, the guys I made a very very fair points about them, but almost suggesting that if if this is all the Hardys are good for, and no matter how good at it they might well be, then it seems to be the suggestion to me that they've already peaked.
4: Not sure that's true. No, I, I I don't think that's the case either. I think they're they're much more than marketable. Um and guess what? A hell of a lot of their matches are filled with spots, but I mean I can't really remember anything about a Dudleys match this year that isn't spots two. Um and I feel like that distinction being made in the Dudleys favour there is very much a case of we know what they're capable of and we've seen them elsewhere in different situations. But I think you just have to look back to Unforgiven. I mean, they're in the opener teaming with the APA against right to censor. And you have that cage match for the tag titles between the Hardys and Edge and Christian. And that is a match filled with psychology. There's big spots in it too. Obviously it's a cage match and you've got the Hardy boys, but that match is filled with psychology. It is one of my favorite matches this year. It obviously not, enough for me to vote for it in that category but um it's what it is one of my favorite matches this year and it and it stands out um different to the ladder matches that we've seen and uh they had a hell of a lot of uh, just great work and a great story that was storytelling wrestling and again the spots in it i'm not trying to say that their their matches aren't packed with spots but i think there is definitely more to them and um, considering um, what we've seen from them so far, and when they've been put in situations like that steel cage match, they've delivered. I have the utmost confidence that they will be front runners in this category for as long as they're in the WWF. Like, there's, I, I, I think we've maybe been a tad harsh, sort of shoe boxing them. In that Spock Monkey category, and uh, I obviously they don't have the promo chops and the comedy style of um, Edge and Christian. But even in the last couple of months, the stuff with the Conquistadors, and I mean, it's all good stuff, and they're involved in it. And I, I think they're there more on merit than that package as a group.
0: Yeah, I think. I don't get a say in this, but I'm going to give myself one anyway. I think they were an easy pick in this category and for good reason. These, all of these three teams wrote themselves into this category, in my opinion, and there was very little debate to be had. Well, the Hardys are far from poor relations in this one, but it's not down to me. It's down to you. So who are your tag team of the year? Chris White, let's start with you. I'm going to go with Edge and Christian. Dan, over to you. Your pick. Edge and Christian. Chris Lacey. Vertkill and No, sorry, they
3: weren't mentioned.
0: (laughs) The Dudleys. You tried. You tried. So Edge and Christian two, Dudleys one. Important vote already, Mr. Eric Landstrom. The Dudleys. Oh, you fucker. Okay, um, (laughs) so what what did I say no more than 10 minutes ago? I might have to do a casting vote, and I have to do it right away. Uh, It's actually a very easy pick for me, this one, though. I'm not going to torment myself here. Edge and Christian by, if not a street, then at least the street corner. I think Lacey himself summed it up best with Edge and Christian. You name it, they can do it. In-ring, out-of-ring, their character stuff is far and away the best Week to week comedy stuff we have seen for a good couple of years in the federation with a certain other someone doing some very close work with them as well. Might discuss him later. Say so they've got the in ring, their tag team methods are extremely, I think they're underrated as well. They are a genuinely great, in the most literal sense, tag team. They work so well together. And I said during the backlash show that. I could see Edge being the quote-unquote breakaway star at some point in the next year. I hope it's a few more years in the future now. I think Edge and Christian have a lot more to offer. Start of the year as fairly bland baby faces, it must be said. Maybe slight exaggeration, but not too much. They had the in-ring. Didn't really have a whole lot else, but my goodness me, have they taken the ball and run with it. And whatever they do on Raw and SmackDown or a pay-per-view, very little I look forward to more than Edge and Christian. Deserving winners, in my opinion, of Tag Team of the Year. And I should say everybody, that's... Is- <laughs> there we go. See? Easy, isn't it? That in it thats now one point for the WWF as I am keeping score. More on that at the end of the are we show. Do- are-, are we really doing that this year? It, of is course. There a point? Oh, ju- ju- just for the, <laughs> I would I would like just for the sake of posterity. Minus- Wait and see, there's some possible points off as well. I was say,
1: has anybody ever finished negative negative points?
0: Uh, yes. And I don't <laughs> say it could happen again this year. But maybe. however, this next category it will make it to nil to the WWF. So yeah, maybe you're right. But personality of the year. Now those of you who have been listening for a long time might remember we had a category called non-wrestler of the year, but everybody gets in the ring these days, pretty much. So I've broadened it out just a little bit to again. Basically allow one person in here to sneak in. Although two did. Three did, in fact. Uh, One of them was a bit of a surprise to me, but here we go. Personality of the year. And again, we have three choices. Vince McMahon. Mick Foley. And Stephanie McMahon. Kick us off with this one. Dan Welling.
2: For me, yeah, I I was quite glad you did extend the rules of this. Because when we first discussed this, my head immediately went to Stephanie. Um, We talk about character development. And how she was incredibly, you know, the naive little girl in the big, bad world of wrestling last year. And suddenly to become the biggest bitch that the WF had probably had in authority to revolve. The, the spoiled brat is something that she appears to be born to do in, in a character perspective. Like, the amount of hate that I can get out from her, particularly in the first four months of the year, was ridiculous. Like, you know, the stuff that she was doing with slapping her mum. Her, her kind of cozying up to the the, Hel- the helmsley regime the bonnie and clyde dynamic that they had with triple h was believable and the fact that yes she was the women's champion for five months was obviously like soul destroying considering what we discussed with the women's division but having her being so hateable did make the the time when she did finally lose the belt to be worth something and Like, what's the point of being an effective heel if it doesn't mean that you cheer for the baby face when when they do get beat? Um, So, yeah, I I think Stephanie has been a revelation this year. There's still obviously issues with the character. She was clearly overexposed come September, October time. And, yes, we all know the issues with the Kurt Triple H uh, feud, how it ended. But I think now that we've now got them back, I think that's the only concern I've got going forward with the, with her character. But for those first, definitely for the first four months of the year, and then maybe the first the, um, up until August, she was one of the best characters we've seen on WF television for a long, long time. Um, yeah, a, a, a worthy successor to the truly great you know, heel Authority figure that Vince was in 98-99.
0: Anybody else quickly want to chime in on Stephanie?
3: I think with Steph this year um, because obviously Vince hasn't been about as much the way that she has been in or around pretty much all of the main stories this year has worked. Obviously there was the stuff with Kurt which just was an amazing turn for the Fed to actually do something that Potentially could have been in fucking Cory. You know, the whole <laughs> oh cheating husband, oh, what are you gonna do? Ah uh, because obviously the the whole Trish doing learning wrestling moves, then you have Steph getting involved with Kurt. It it's fucking soap opera at its best. And when she comes out as a smiley cunt, you believe that she's a smarmy cunt. So you know believability, she she's done it so well. I
4: I'm, I'd like to chime in quickly on Stephanie. Qu- she's she's no Hillary Swank. Let's get it straight. She's not going to be winning any best actress Oscars anytime soon. But I oh. I think there's been a marked improvement from the Stephanie McMahon you see at Backlash in 1999 and the the Where to Stephanie and. Ugh. her level as a performer then to the Stephanie we've seen throughout much of this year um she's not the finished article and there's room for improvement but I do think she deserves credit for this year as Lacey says being a prominent figure in multiple of the biggest WWF storylines this year and in the majority of cases, when it when we're talking about her personality and not her as an in ring performer, adding to them. So I do think she deserves to be nominated in this category, although she's not my vote.
0: Eric, talk about both of the McMahon's in this category, if you would.
1: Yeah, uh, man, I understand Stephanie, and uh, yeah, she she plays a role and she gets heat, but she's just not for me. Like it's just one of those deals where it just doesn't click with me. Um, and, I, and I think I'm getting to a point where I might just kind of be sick of the McMahons in general. Now, I say that having voted for Vince McMahon in this category. But, like, here's the deal. Like, AC/DC puts out records, and they all sound the same, but they're all good, right? And, like, you, AC/DC puts out a record, and it's nominated for Album of the Year every year, no matter if it sounds like the last five records. And that's kind of where Vince McMahon is these days. He's definitely – he's he's evolved a little bit. But he definitely is kind of settled into this character and he's playing the hits and, you know, he pops up here and there and whatever. Stephanie, I I think she's trying to be different than that. And she's trying to have depth and all the stuff that you all talked about with the storylines and how much she has improved. um, All true. I just to me, there wasn't this was a tough category this year because for me, there was like one dude. And then it was like, OK, who else do I who else do I pick here? And I, I'm looking back at and I'm not going to talk about who else I might have voted for here, but I'm looking back at personality of the year. And this was really tough. Um, and so and the more that I got to thinking about it, the more that I was just I don't know if either of the McMahons really did enough for me this year to be considered personality of the year unless volume counts for, you know, an award. Because Stephanie sure wins on volume. She was
0: everywhere. <laughs> yeah, sheer weight of numbers might be enough to carry her here. I mean, I've got Stiff Upper Lip by AD- ACDC in my head now, their album from February this year, which The Enemy gave 9 out of 10 to, just to prove your point there, Eric. I think we need to talk about Commissioner Foley now, because that is the reason he is eligible for this category. Chris White, go with
4: it. He has been a breath of fresh air on wwf television this year this character the sort of like cracking lame jokes making no attempt to sort of intimidate just positive role model for nerds cheap pops sensational promos making logical sensible decisions throwing in comedy and smashing it out of the park he has been one of the highlights of wwf tv for me this year um all the way through to his disgraceful dismissal on the 18th of this month um he has just delivered in everything he's done uh his rivalries with Kurt, Edge, Christian, Vince never getting into the ring uh, I mean <laughs> there was a few shows ago and there was some wild speculation about a Foley Benoit match that I, I don't know where that could have possibly come from but um I'm I am like pleased and satisfied that it never happened. And we just got this era of Mick Foley and that he retired and stuck to it after WrestleMania, which we don't really need to talk about again and came back and was just a positive influence on TV involved in memorable angles, memorable promos. And again, he enhanced the product and that's what you want in this category you want someone who enhances storylines enhances talent he can get he can get the crowd going with his cheap bops he can uh big up hills in a way that he does and his rivalry with kurt definitely helped mr angle this year um yeah uh, just a huge plus and a consistent plus for the wwf across tv and pay-per-view
0: but it's all over now, all over. And you just know, you just know that Vince was champing at the very bit to call him. What was it? A worthless lump of adipose tissue live on television. You just know he's been ever since McFoley turned up into the summer. Vince has been begging to have that opportunity, and now he has. And I without wanting to preempt anything the mood music suggests to me that Foley will be back sooner rather than later in one form or another. And I hope it is much sooner than sooner than later. Anyway, we still got some discussions to do on Foley. Dan Welling, pick up the baton.
2: I can't add much more than what Chris said, really. He's he's absolutely, you know, the breath of fresh air quote is, is just right. Because if Eric has been getting sick of the heel authority figure with two, you know, mcmahon's in, in in the front and center of television and having foley come in and for that wonderful kind of three months of like july to september where wf was just knocking out the part week on week with television that was just stunningly good without ever having that one must-see angle the main reason was because Foley just made it so enjoyable to watch like it's i don't think there's enough that could be said for how he improved and lifted the mood of the programming and just brought something different to it rather than just having heel authority figures running the show with the baby faces trying to overcome the odds. You don't need to have a heel authority figure to do that. And we still got compelling stories out of it. Yeah, um, he's just been superb this year. Um, can't speak highly enough of him. Of him. For the sake of completeness, Eric, let's have
0: your thoughts on Commissioner Foley too quickly.
1: Just exactly what the guy said, and, and really, uh, because we kind of broaden the scope of this category, uh, you know, it's impossible not to factor in some of his work uh, around the early part of the year, just in terms of, you know, if you're going to consider what this guy is for a promo and what this guy is for storyline building and what this guy is for, you know, the the presentation of a main event program, like he he care. I mean, he, he didn't win any of the matches. But he carried that whole deal with Triple H. And, and, you know, we don't count that in this necessarily, but it does color our opinion of him. And then he comes back at the end of the year after going through three just absolutely brutal main event matches. I mean, and and this guy, he had a a January, February, March-ish main event string of matches that were just, you know, that's like Austin Hogan level on top at that time of the year when wrestling is, you know, hot. And he carried that. Then he comes back and he's almost this completely different guy where he is this jovial face, uh, you know, authority figure. And it was just exactly what the guy said, a breath of fresh air, just what the programming needed. Um, Yeah. And so I think we can take the last 90 days or so of the year and and that's enough. But if you factor in what he did in the first 90 days of the year, too, just with his his promo work and storyline building, gosh, he just, you know, there's just nobody better than
0: this guy. Nobody better than this guy is quite a place to pick up from the Lacey, but you're still going to need to do it anyway. Quick bit on Foley from you, and then if you can cast a vote,
3: please, sir. So, first things first is how did Vince get in? Is it, has he done anything this year? I, I, I don't get Vince's. In very simple terms, he got the most
0: points in the top three. That's how it works. That's all I, that's all I can tell you.
3: <laughs> and Gertner didn't all above, get in. I,
0: I'm duty bound to say every year, all above board. And Gertner didn't get in. It's it <laughs> me.
3: <laughs> or or Carino. Yeah, oh, all Carinos, just rude. But right, there we go. Wait, wait, so <laughs> see. Foley, you know, as we for the past what, two, three years now, both the Fed and WCW have run with evil empire style commissioners or leaders or owners. And it's a fucking trope that's been boring as fuck. You know, we've we've seen it for too long. So to have Foley come in and be the good guy commissioner, was just a breath of fresh air. And the shit with Edge and Christian, where Christian was pretending to bath, and you could see him throwing stuff down the bog, or putting him in the chicken suit so he could cut weight for the light heavyweight title (laughs) match. Shit like that, you can't do with a fucking heel authority figure, but you can with a face. And him and his weird fucking officers... And his weird shirt where he couldn't put commissioner across it properly. So it goes down the side. This is an easy walkaway win for Foley.
0: Let's find out. That's your vote for Foley. Dan?
2: No, nope, Foley as well for me.
4: And Chris White? Quick word on Vince. They were so close on doing something with him when he returned in March. That was between March and WrestleMania when yep. he was aligned with The Rock and he wasn't Mr. McMahon they were so close, but they back. threw it all away. Mick Foley is the personality of the year. And it's just the dot, the I's and cross the T's, Mr. Landstrom.
1: Yeah, Chris, that's an amazing point about Vince McMahon. Go back and watch that like six weeks of television. It may not have even been that long, but I was super excited for like a new reformed, clear headed Vince. They didn't get there, though. So Mick Foley gets the sweep in this category.
0: Absolutely. He does. What a joy those simple three little letters joy it has been to see mcfoley back on my screen i've got to say when he first made his appearance as commissioner in june i was skeptical would would be pushing it a little bit but i allowed myself the occasional reservation but they were shunned very very quickly afterwards clearly just having the time of his life doing this stuff he can turn up late he can go home early. He can pretty much do or say whatever he wants within the loose context of the storylines. So but everybody has such a fun time playing off him. He can take it in any direction he chooses and it works. Nothing is done with the thought, but should in any way result in any contempt from the viewer. I don't know how you cannot just pick up the love that this guy radiates off the screen. If you can't do that, then it's beyond me. I could pick a million great foley moments this year but the one that sticks to mind for me just if you're of it he's on his truck and angles making his case to him foley has his little gavel in his hand and he's clearly when he's saying his decision is final he's clearly trying to press the horn of the truck with his gavel but he actually misses so when he's trying to say the decision is final he ends up just tapping the steering wheel <laughs> just waits for a couple <laughs> of seconds but just presses the button in the middle anyway just glorious stuff didn't need another retake now, this is the real Mick Foley we're seeing before our eyes now. And it's just such a fucking shame that they've cut it off after six months. We still don't really know yet whose decision it what well, we know whose decision it was at the end of the day, but why that decision was made. I have my opinions, but they're for the WWF show. But everything you've given us over the last six months, Mick, thank you so much, man. Easy winner of this award, and quite rightly so. From the sublime to the ridiculous, we go for our worst match category. Time to dish out a minus. And we have four in Robes Gallery. We have just fucking saying these words Tank Abbott versus Big Al from Super Brawl 2000. These are in chronological order. Gerald Briscoe versus Pat Patterson, the evening gown match from King of the Ring. Vampiro versus the Demon, the graveyard match a bash at Bash of the Beach. Oh, you've got to laugh, haven't you? And Goldberg versus Scott Steiner versus Kevin Nash from New Blood Rising. Lacey, you have the unenviable task of kicking us off with this detritus.
3: I hope you're wearing gloves. So we'll get the easy one out of the way first. Briscoe versus Patterson in an evening gown match is always going to be a comedy match, It can't really be classed as a bad match because it's not actually being a proper match. So we can push that one out of the side. So Goldberg, Steiner and Nash. So it's a triple threat match where Goldberg decides that he's not coming out. They play his music two times. He comes out all taped up. Looks as though he does not want to play around because he's fucking hitting Nash properly. And then decides to walk out because he doesn't want to do the finish when Nash is about to do the powerbomb. You then get the commentators going, that's not in the script. (laughs) He's not playing as it should be. Walks out and tells Russo to fuck off. Yeah, see. Bravo. Yeah, there you go. Every round and all that. Yeah, and then... Then you finish the match with Steiner and Nash, which clearly was obviously thrown together because it wasn't how it was meant to finish. They chuck Medeja in to do some low blows and get involved. It's a massive crock of shit. But, you know, it's it's funny because of the fact that it shows that when people go off script, how bad it can go. You then get... Hold Vampir- on, Lacey, Lacey yeah. I'm
1: really invested in this, so I just want to ask you this question. Would you also say that by this point in the year, by New Blood Rising, that we just expected this from WCW so it didn't really have the impact that it would have if it happened earlier in the year?
3: Oh, fucking. At this point in WCW's life, you're not surprised. Yeah. You are not surprised by this shit happening. So we then have Demon versus Vampiro, the graveyard match, which as a concept works two evil supernatural characters having a fight in a graveyard which doesn't end in a graveyard and does as it should do um there's some fucking genius commentary again Shivani saying about there being alligators in the little bit of water that's at the side and this also tops it off for at the end when vampiro's walking back into the arena you see Hogan walking out after he's, you know, pissed <laughs> off about not being the champion and not having a proper match, and then he goes into the ring to then fight Sting. What the fuck? Like, if you're having a graveyard match, just have it end there. That that's what it should have been. But no, you have to overcomplicate overcomplicate shit because Russo's a cunt. And then we have the true match, Bing. the true fucking match. <laughs> Take a drink. That is. <laughs> Just just absolute bollocks So you've got Tank Abbott, Big Al Which starts with them Tying each other's hands together With a belt which falls off So they restrap it Properly fucking Punching each other You've got the point where Al actually gives gives Tank a proper fucking uppercut Tank doesn't like this So fucking goes to town on him Carries him up the pole because it's a Russo match. It's got to be on a fucking pole and drops him from carrying him.
2: Technically, counselor, Vince Russo didn't book this match. Mm -hmm. Don't shit on my logic. (laughs) Stop that. As as
0: he
3: would no doubt tell you. Imagine how bad it would have been if Russo had been around. (laughs) So carrying him up a pole, drops the cunt out of the ring, grabs said jacket and then gets a fucking knife. And is about to fucking slit that cunt's throat on live pay-per-view. Wrestling, boys and girls. Wrestling. Or shave his beard. Come on now. Oh, they were salad tongs, weren't they? Let's, let's not jump to conclusions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, talk
0: about laying it all on the line there, Lacey. Dan Welling, you're going next. Like it or not.
2: <laughs> um. So, to my mind, watching both the, all these matches back, uh, I found two of these matches rather hilarious in a a, so bad it's good uh one of them was the graveyard match um no you couldn't see anything no vampiro and the demon are both terrible wrestlers so basically couldn't do anything without the limitations but it was so bizarre and it was nowhere near as horrendous as other vampiro matches which didn't make the cut (laughs) many many could have so for me, no, I'm not including this match. Uh, I think the uh, Tank Abba Big Al match is too short to be included. Yes, this is terribly worked. Yes, there's a knife being drawn, but ultimately it's a mid-card match in a terrible show, but it didn't do that much damage in the grand scheme of things. For me, the two biggest crimes that we are uh, on this list, Patterson and Briscoe, one should never been on pay per view in the first place. It was almost felt like ten minutes of these wrestling Hall of Fame legends, however you want to call it, just embarrassing themselves. They somehow managed to make a, a WWF crowd that had been watching for two years some of the you know most risque you know co- you know crass humor you can get, and even they went no, mate, that's way too far, when some of the stuff they were pulling out of their literal drawers. <laughs> but to me, for me, the, fi- the match that did the most damage to the business is yeah. still Goldberg versus Steiner versus Nash. When you do a match where one of the participants just walks away and the narrative of he's professional, he isn't, is that the really going to make curious people tune in to next week no is it going to piss off the people that you're supposed to be paying the most attention to and trying to cater for yes it's been going on for eight months so even though it's not surprising anymore it still pisses them off and it still goes yep WW still crap why am i bothering i'm going away even more than any of the other matches on this list it's drastic it drastically hurt both of the audiences and and it the match is terrible. Like Scott Steiner and Goldberg showed that they could do a good match if they just let it go and didn't have any of this garbage to deal with. Nash is doing his usual, I can't be bothered, why am I here? Nonsense. So, yeah, and then you have all the overbooked interference, which is soft, it's not believable, it drags the match on so much. In terms of a match that is the worst match of the year and what did the most damage to a product, for me, it's Goldberg, Steiner, and Nash. Eric's up next.
1: 15 minutes a category times four contributors. I'll start the timer. Um, (laughs) So, or divided by... So, uh, I agree with Lacey on Briscoe and Patterson. And and Dan, I understand what you're saying, uh, but I think uh, when you question why Patterson and Briscoe shouldn't be on pay-per-view. Well, why should Tank Abbott and Big Al be on pay-per-view? Like, isn't that argument like, doesn't that argument support Big Al and Tank being on this list? Just because like we have Patterson and Briscoe, two people who aren't wrestlers doing a, a gimmick, a heavily gimmick match that kills the crowd. Same with Tank and Big Al doing a heavily gimmick match between two non wrestlers who kill the crowd to the extent that the crowd ever was at Super Bowl 2000. So, I have never labored more over a category than I have on this one, save for Patterson and Briscoe, because to me, Tank versus Big Al, Vampiro and Demon, Goldberg, Steiner Nash all represent kind of like the three pillars of what make WCW so irreparably bad this year. Tank versus Big Al, we have, you know, we have a match between two guys who aren't workers with too many gimmicks, and then it ends in a situation where you have, you know, it crosses that line between you can't have you can't work a stabbing, like you can't work a knife into wrestling. Sorry, New Jack, it just doesn't work. So <laughs> like so then you have it that. Doesn't so work
0: it either, allegedly.
1: so I, I think you can argue that Tank versus Big Al kills K Fab as much as Goldberg Center Nash in a different way, fully understanding that it wasn't very long, couldn't be. Um but go back and, and watch that match and listen to our review of it. There are just some there you know, that match kills satire in wrestling if 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 it could possibly exist. I, I came into this convinced that Vampiro versus the Demon was my least favorite match of the year, and it was I was gonna argue with it vociferously for worst match of the year. And I've kind of come to the realization that you know, one's least favorite match of the year probably doesn't necessarily mean it's the worst match of the year. I, I hate if you go back and listen to our Batch of the Batch of the Beach show, like I I detail why I can't stand this cinematic match type stuff. I can't stand you know, the supernatural stuff. And there's there's places for it here and there. It can work from time to time. But that match was just, it was poorly shot. It was poorly laid out. You had the demon who nobody cares about. I mean, Vampira went from feuding with Sting to feuding with the demon, back to feuding with Sting. Like, that. you just can't, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then uh, Tony Schiavone just, and rightfully so, by the way, Completely took the piss out of this match as it was happening. This is Florida. There could be alligators in there. (laughs) Charles Robinson has jumped in the water to fish out the demon. He's got to get back to the arena. It could be miles from there. Like, Tony Schiavone knows what, like, understands what we were thinking and was talking to us, the learned wrestling fan, during that match. I'm convinced of it. And while I'm here, I just want to point out that, like, we. Not us, not me especially, because I'm a big fan of the guy, but the wrestling, uh, I don't know, world, shits on Tony Schiavone. You put this guy with Scott Hudson, Mark Madden, a tuned-out Bobby Heenan, Stevie fucking Ray, and Jeremy Borash, and you want him to to do well? Like, none of this is Tony Schiavone's fault. Anyway, back, back to the worst match of the year. Dan, I completely agree with you, and Lacey too. Goldberg, Steiner, Nash, like... You kill kayfabe. You take a main event. You you take it out of the wrestling world and you put it into meta wrestling. And 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 to me that is unacceptable. And to me the only thing that mitigated that match was that the New Blood Rising show overall, and, and you can say the same thing about Super Brawl too, but the New Blood Rising show was so bad and so you know overtly offensive overall, um that to me but, but when I got back to the end of the year it was like I remember that happening but. Gosh, it just—it it was just a, one piece of evidence in like the six-month string of evidence that we have that Russo just has no idea what the fuck he's doing. And basically, by the time we get to the end of the year, the evidence is pretty well clear that Russo has killed or has contributed to the death of WCW, or at least the death of WCW in the way that we've we've come to know it. Who knows what 2001 will bring as far as Bischoff, as far as the WWF buying it, whatever. I have no idea still what I'm going to vote for on this category. So from Tank versus Big Al, I noted this is the I'm going to fucking kill you attempted murder match. And then the graveyard match. We talked about Tony Schiavone and then Nash Goldberg Steiner kills Kay Fabe. I don't know what I'm going to vote for here quite yet, but I do know that this was the year where WCW went really, really strong in one category and made this decision extremely tough.
0: Oh, yes. I'm going to give you a few minutes to stew on that. Chris White, with Glee, you went back and rewatched all of these ones. And your opinions, as shareable as they might be, or probably aren't?
4: I feel like we are far too dismissive of the Briscoe Patterson match from King of the Ring. Um, I'm hearing a lot about how it's a gimmick comedy match because it's an evening gown match. Um, with the exception of Goldberg, Steiner, and Nash, these are all stupid gimmick matches. We've got a leather jacket a pole match, and it goes four minutes. It's gonna be trash. A graveyard match. What the fuck is that shit? That's just as bad as an evening gown match. The worst wrestling match I've seen this year is Goldberg, Steiner, and Nash by far because it's it's a wrestling match. Like the belt of belt is dog shit, but then like you take it so far beyond that with all the stuff about refusing to go up for the jackknife and Goldberg walking away and saying oh he's not he's not being very professional and then st- they, they, after Steiner gets pinned they, they praise him and they're like yeah he's very professional yes and I'm just like "What? why am I watching this like it's, it's like one of your biggest passions in life is just being shat all over like in front of you and you're made to feel like you're just a, you're just a dweeb. Like, why are you watching this shit? Like, like they don't care. Why do you? Like, I've I'm gonna see in my life probably dozens of terrible gimmick matches. I hated Briscoe and Patterson at the time. It's offensively bad. But like graveyard matches. What what are we expecting? And a leather jacket on a pole matches between like one of them's like uh, one of them's Tank Abbott. What happened to Tank Abbott from the MMA shows we used to do? Like me bob and tom would be furious looking at this tank Abbott used to be money in the ufc he could cut a promo and he was good he was really good and then i watched this fucking leather jacket a pole match and it's some of the most egregious shit i've ever seen like yeah. they're saying like they're clobbering each other but like the strikes like it's i don't know if if tank is just like one of those people like because he can he can knock a man out cold like in 30 seconds flat. I've seen him do it on the UFC. I've I've covered it for the MMA branch of this show when it used to be a thing. But like, can he not throw a worked punch then? Because like he, because like, this look, it didn't look like a bad worked punch. It looked like a bad real punch. Like it, I, it's so meta. I can't handle it. I honestly don't know what I'm going to vote for. They're all terrible <laughs> and they're all terrible. This is the, the the big thing for me. They're all terrible in very different ways. Like the, the, the problem with New Blood Rising goes so far beyond a bad match. And I feel like that might be the distinction I have to make. They're all bad matches, but that is offensive on a fandom level. I don't know how I'm going to vote. We'll see.
0: Chris, Close your eyes and count to 10. Maybe, maybe about 100 might be required. Here. I'm going to give you a chance as well, because I think you need it after that one. And Reach me a glass. Oh my God, what, what have I done to you, everybody? We're going to have to take a vote, though. Lacey.
3: Go first. Oh, Tank, and Tank and Al. Tank and Al, just because he's okay. got a fucking knife.
0: <laughs> just cause, well, that does, that's probably one of our quotes of the year on the podcast. That you put together a prize but, of the year. So that's,
3: yep. But it is a rizzler paper between that and the Triple Threat.
0: I think it is between all of these, to be honest with you, or between four. See, that doesn't even make grammatical sense, but none of these make logical sense, so I can twist grammar. So that's one for Tank and Al. Dan, where are we going?
2: Um, I clearly have like a wide gap because it's, it's clear in my head it's a triple threat.
0: Eric, your time is up. Vote now.
1: I just want people to go back and watch the Graveyard match. <laughs> and it's in... No, just listen to me. It's in two segments. So go back and watch it, and then there's this break, and I think that's when the Hogan thing happens, and then it comes back. So to put this... Hold on, I got this right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what happened. So we go back to the to bash the beach and we have the graveyard match and Tony does all his fish out, you know fish out the demon alligators <laughs> it's fabulous and then you have Shane Douglas buff bagwell and then you have Hogan Jarrett that segment and then you come back and they finish this segment so i just want to point that out in the context so as this match is not forgotten but i think the discussion amongst the gentlemen and this is why we have this show i'm going to vote for the triple threat match
0: quite right we do so then chris white your 10 seconds and a bit are up. You've
4: got to make a choice. Or I could vote Tank and Big owl and make you make a choice. Ooh, you could. Beautiful. You you could, Christopher. You but could. Because Rory, he pulled a fucking knife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did I draw attention to that a minute ago?
4: Tank- a- another... <laughs>
1: Bastard. Okay. Just, just Rory, before you vote, another quote from that show, from me, talking to Chris Lacey... After the Tank and Big Al match, I don't know if we come back from this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And look at us now. Yeah, maybe that's not such a good example. Okay, again, I don't want to spend time uh, rankling with myself over this one. So I'm just going to go for what was my first pick for worst match of the year. And that was indeed Tank versus Big Al. Because Goldberg, Steiner and Nash, as I said on the new Blood Rising show, it stopped being a wrestling match when we learned about professionalism. And scripts and adhering to what you've been told. New Blood Rising stopped being a wrestling pay-per-view at that point. So by those terms that I've just set, it rendered itself ineligible. So Tank Abbott versus Big Al, it is. Two things to say. Number one, gonna grab on everybody's coattails. He pulled a fucking knife. And unoriginal from me there. As is my second reference in relation to it.
1: That's not so good, Al.
3: That's a good Al. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, some of you might say I was hoping it was going to be a draw so I could make that reference at the end anyway. But are you right or are you wrong? Yeah, you're right. Let's get a feud of, oh, no, sorry, before I, the all-important minus one point to WCW. <laughs> Don't want to lose count of that one. Feud of the Year is our fourth award. And that sound you hear is Chris White grinding his teeth, or worse. We have Rock versus Triple H. We have Foley versus Triple H. And we have Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys. Let's race through this one a bit, I think, because all of these guys will be coming back again in one way or the other. But Eric, take us through the board. I don't
1: think we need to relitigate Edge Christian Hardy's Dudleys. Oh, that was
0: great. a that was a super good
1: undercard tag team feud. Uh, it doesn't quite have the the gravitas, in my opinion, to be feud of the year. But I'm glad it's part of the discussion. I think this should have been a four a four uh, choice category, Chris White. But I'm glad that Edge Christian Hardy and the Dudleys is part of the discussion. For me, uh, it really comes down to. Uh, you know, Triple H was kind of this like, like he wasn't the rock, but he was the rock of the company as far as like how many guys. Th- so we had Foley, we had Rock, and we had Angle all feud with Triple H this year. Mm-hmm. Kind of, uh, you know, first third of the year, middle third of the year, last third of the year. So let's not lose sight of that. To me, with the category as it's structured, we have Foley, Triple H, Rock, Triple H. I, I don't know that Rock, Triple H ever really materialized into, like, it was a good idea but like do we think that the wwf capitalized on that feud as it could have i don't think so i think they 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 completely lost the plot by not just having rock versus triple h in the main event of wrestlemania Uh, i think that was a, a, a massive uh misstep on their part and i'm not even sure why they pivoted to that because the backlash was fucking incredible like Imagine that match headlining WrestleMania 2000, we would not be talking about WrestleMania 2000 in these hushed like worried tones that we talk about it now. <laughs> that that could have been a one match show and it would have been fine. Um but they didn't do that. But to me like fully Triple H we talked about it before fully was inserted into the main event of WrestleMania 2000. Maybe that was a little bit superfluous even if you take the you know the end of 1999 into 2000 with the with the Royal Rumble feud, the hardcore match there Cactus Jack and then Foley coming back and saying, "Look, if I can't beat you as Mick Foley, I'm gonna walk out of out of this place." And it's just this like it's like this Grecian drama, right? And I just think it was fabulous. And even though it didn't last very long, and even though Foley and Triple H's interactions as he's been Commissioner Foley have been, you know, not quite as vociferous as I would have preferred them to be, considering these guys' long history. And don't forget, these guys have been feuding back since like 1997. So these guys have been having matches forever. Um, but I, I, to me, I think. I think the Rock Triple H feud wins this on wins this uh, category on potential. But to me, of the three people uh, of the three feuds uh, proposed to me, I think fully Triple H uh, is, is the cream of the crop because one feud that I and somebody else would have liked to have had on here in hindsight, maybe didn't quite make the cut.
2: Dan. Um, I believe that the only feud on this list, which has been lasting for a whole year, is uh, the tag team triple threat uh, back and forth. The Dudleys and Hardys were at it um, for the first two months of the year. Then we had Edge and Christian and the, Tri- and the Triangle Ladder match coming in. And then um, Edge and Christian and Hardys kind of back and forth a little bit. We then have TLC. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think Edge and Christian and the Hardys in particular in the, in the autumn with the Los Conquistadors and the really personal stuff with the, the video takes and the cage match, like, they were, like, really really good like mid-card stuff and as, again I'm pretty sure in the past shows we've talked about feud of the year and given it to you know stuff like Dreamer and Raven and Take of Mankind even though they haven't been on and off again for the majority of the year they still have those peak moments and I think Edge and Christian and Dudleys and the Hardys have just been so in in inseparable throughout the entire year in one way or another they've been just intrinsically linked together and have elevated all three of themselves to another level and clearly the matches are incredible like what more do you need from a feud like i know eric talks about the gravitas but i think that they have that gravitas with what they've done for the industry generally um and what they've done for each other's teams like we've got you know edge and christian potentially have a breakout star in edge the Hardys are a potential breakout star in Jeff, and the Dudley's a potential breakout star in Bubba. Like, I don't know what more you can do as a tag team and elevate someone as a single star potentially, while also delivering incredible matches and incredible television. Um, Yeah, for me, Dudley's, Hardys, and Edge and Christian as a feud of the year is is the best one, even though I think the high points of, of Foley Triple H were higher.
0: Very well argued, sir. Chris White, look what we've got. look what we haven't got
4: yeah uh not too long on that i don't want to dwell um (laughs) of course not my my top pick for this and i do want to shout it out on this show because it deserves it was triple h and kurt angle and rory we we enjoyed a a show probably half a year ago now talking about how great wwf tv had been with (laughs) that storyline running through it and uh i think i think it it went wrong at the end, which is maybe why it hasn't made this list and maybe it didn't get the votes, but I think it's right to recognize that for two, three months, that feud was perfect at almost every step. Um, And Triple H played his role excellently. Kurt played his role excellently. And Stephanie did too. Um, And all the supporting players that, I mean, that surround that the main event scene in WWF has been pretty busy this year. Um, and I, I, I do think that deserves a slight nod. But alas, it didn't get the votes to make it to this uh, category. So for Feud of the Year, I agree entirely with everything Dan has said about Edge Christian, Hardy's, and Dudley's. I don't know whether it's Gravitas, but for me, a tag team feud of this nature where it's quite interchangeable, maybe lacks some of like the a personal touch. If like for, for large parts of this year, and it's so hard for tag teams that so often tag teams are just feuding because they're the other tag team. Like, it's 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 more a convenience. There's no, like, personal vendetta at large parts of the year between these teams. And I think it's going to be really, really difficult for any tag team feud to ever win an award like this category because of that. When you have a main event feud, one guy versus another, it it just feels like there's more at stake, there's more personal sort of input and emotion into in it so that leaves me with rock triple h and foley triple h for me rock triple h never lived up to its potential we had like an unbelievable high at backlash it should have been at wrestlemania as eric has pointed out already um the iron man match at judgment day was good and then what the fuck happened with the undertaker after that i don't know uh and then kind of like the stuff at king of the ring with the six man and like it it (laughs) Clearly, they're the two biggest stars in the WWF this year, but I don't think their feud was the best feud. I think the best feud was was Foley and Triple H, and it it depends how you look at this. Are we judging this category as feud of the year, as in the feud that sort of sums up the year, or are we just looking at it as the best feud that took place in the year 2000, regardless of length? And for me, the best feud that took place, whether it was two months, three months, was Mick Foley Triple H. That return of Cactus in January was excellent. Even the stuff before that, where Rock brings the locker room out to the ring and they sort of demand that Foley's going to be reinstated. And then the matches delivered so much. It I, I, And Eric is right that all of this leads into why we all love Commissioner, Commissioner Foley so much as well. So this is a tough category um, because ultimately my number one, choice where my heart is is not an option. So the rest were all pretty much hovering around that number two spot. Um, but for me, I think it has to be Foley and Triple H. Maybe it's because I love Mick Foley, Cactus Jack so much. Maybe it's because those matches were so good. But it's just the culmination of everything that I think that's the feud of the year.
0: Lacey, you've heard him. Now, well, add your two penneth worth.
3: I don't have a dog in this fight. Because really... My my two major feuds didn't get in, obviously both being ECW ones. Um, I think mean, Edge, Christian, Hardys, Dudleys has longevity. You know They've all been interweaved with each other for the whole year. I, I, I don't get the Triple H and Rock 1. Um, it'll come up later when we get to best match, but I don't think they had a good match together, really. Um, Foley has got two of the best matches out of Honor in years this year. Two of the best main events that you will see in the Fed in years. Both on a losing effort, but both coming out of them where he comes out stronger, even in the loss, even in the retirement one, he comes out of it like a fucking god. It may have only lasted two and a half months, three months. I'm not counting the shit for the fucking mania 'cause That that just tarnished the, the gravitas at the end of the No Way Out match. But it's Foley Hunter.
0: Rock Triple H didn't have a good match. Oh, that is a take and a half, that one, Mr. Lacey. But hold it now, everybody. Just hold fire. <laughs> Literally, you might need to. We'll get back to that a bit later on. So your vote is Foley Triple H for Feud of the Year then, yep? Yes. Cool. Dan, where are we going?
2: No, I'm sticking to my guns. I have principles. I'm going for the tag team triple threat. Good
4: for you, sir. Chris, what's up? It's Foley, Triple H for me. And what I will say, the, the caveat to that is I, I don't think the WrestleMania match particularly counts as part of that feud. Foley no, was know. gone after No Way Out, only for weeks because there's not that long between pay-per-views. But he was gone and Linda brought him back quite late. So for me, that was kind of like outside of the scope of that feud. So that's why it wins for me. Postscript at best.
0: Mick Foley. So that's two for Foley Triple H. And Eric. Paul
1: Michael Levesque versus Michael Francis
0: Foley. That's two for Mick. Let's go. It is. Mick is rocking and rolling here. And... I'm happy with that. Certainly the most intense feud of any kind. I've certainly seen in the WWF for a very long time. Again, I just felt every bit of that one. And for me, it did end on the 27th of February 2000. We've only really got seven to eight weeks worth of eligibility for this one. But what a seven and eight weeks they were. Voted Triple H feud of the year. Thumbs up from me. Best segment is our next section. Now, perhaps unsurprisingly, a huge potential scope on this one. So no fewer than six have got through to the final reckoning. So we're going to get through these ones fairly quickly. What I will ask, gents, I will go through the list. But then if you just talk for now about your selections that made it here then we can have a quick summing up before we vote otherwise we'll be here for a very long time and let's face it all of these in a way they speak for themselves but i do want to hear your views especially on one of them so again chronological order we've got indeed mankind becoming cactus jack on the january the 13th smackdown we've got debut of the radicals on the january the 31st raw we've got vince mcmahon returning on the march 13th raw We've got the Mick Foley rock promo on Raw from July the 3rd. It doesn't matter how it makes you feel. We have the Russo shoot promo on Hogan from Bash at the Beach. And we have Kurt Angle kissing Stephanie on Smackdown August the 24th. Dan, I would like you to start and I think you know why.
2: This is because I put Russo versus uh, Hogan at Bash at the Beach on this list.
0: Man, yes. is, this the be- is this
1: the best segment of the year? I, I can't. Uh, I don't, let's let's, oh, let's find out. Let's, I need. I, need, I, need, I, I have saw to give this, this and was explanation. Like, I've how? been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. Let's go, Dan. Dan, Dan justify your, your, your yourself here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's taken you to a while now, but now the gloves are off. This is. Oh, it's they are. off. Ah, they're off. fight, fight, fight.
2: Uh, can you name me one uh, segment which was more summing up of how WCW is in, in 2000? Um, good uh, points. Good points. Continue, the, sir. Continue. This is, be, this like, again. I don't think this is a good year for the best segment of the year. Like compared to the last three years, I think this this year has just been kind of mediocre. That's probably that way. We've had probably a, like kind of a couple of good returns, but I don't I don't count them really as, as like something that gets me in the same way as like other promos. I, I'm more of a promo and an angle enhancement sort of person, and for me. Vince Russo's shoot was engaging. It was the one segment of the year that I think kind of made me stand up for tension and watch it all the way through and be sucked in. Um, And being completely selfish, everyone knows my opinion on Hulk Hogan, who's a regular listener to the show. And this promo made him go forever. So in that instance, how can I not vote for it?
1: That yes. is a fucking incredible argument.
2: I take well, it all back. Watertight, water, <laughs> I would say.
0: Anything else from this category, Dan?
2: Uh, the other the other one I put on here was It Doesn't Matter How It Makes You Feel gotcha. promo, basically. Um, because, again, I was trying to think of se- segments which summed up a year in the, in the company, and I think the Russo shoot for good or bad, and, and some of it bad. Did completely sum up why w, what has been WCW's product this year in just like bringing so much reality into the, the programming that it bleeds bleeds through the screen and that was the, probably the one instance where I think it was actually compelling television rather than just being confusing and making you want to turn off and the it doesn't matter how it makes you feel promo was wholesome it made you smile it made you fall in love again with Mick Foley and it made the Rock great character he couldn't hold this smile in which considering how ultra cool Dwayne Johnson is as a as a wrestler for him to do that is something that's incredibly you know incredibly hard to pull off and fully did it based on all the history that these, these two men have had together and again I think I said it on the show when I was on it it's like if you couldn't watch this segment and not smile you're watching the wrong thing like there's there's things that you have to watch over the rest of it because this was one of the most joyous things that you could watch and it was why the WWF has been so good in 2000 in terms of character work because yeah it makes makes the crowd pop so much more than anything in, in, on this list in my opinion that is genuine it's not just because of a return so yeah the, those two are the ones on my list i'm not i'm not quite sure if i'm going to vote for russo's shoot um mm-hmm. based on the, what's on this list but yeah I, I felt like it was worth talking about and being on the list I'd be unanimous
0: lacey your choices from the best segment section
3: so my choices the only one that of mine that got in was kiss of steph and kurt the only reason i put that one in really is because it's the one that makes sense for a wider scope of audience uh, it's the one that people that On wrestling fans, you know the the reluctant girlfriend that watches it with you can get involved in. There is one I do want to speak about because I did completely forget about it. Was the Mick Foley, you can't, you're not going to fight mankind, you're going to fight Cactus, was genius because anyone that's watched Cactus since, as much as I have since, you know, the early '90s in WCW, knows that. When cactus, when Mick goes cactus, it means he's going violent, and the storytelling and that that furthered the feud was just beautiful. Um, I I have to say how Russo Hogan is in here, I don't know because it's not a best segment. It just was that moment where WCW jumped the fucking boat and went, look, this is all bullshit, and yeah. that was the turning point that and then following up the next month with the fucking Nash moment was the moment that company died. You can't give it best segment for the being the fucking moment the knife got put in.
0: Harry uh,
1: I'll say this. Russo's a good promo, uh, but he's a good promo for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Lacey said it best. This, this, that, that segment killed, uh, WCW as we know it. Uh, as far as what's happened after it, and its kind of overall trajectory before and after that, that segment. So, Dan, I appreciate and I fully agree that, like, if that functioned to get Hogan out of our lives for at least a little while, it deserves some credit. But I think in, in uh, on a big-picture level, I think we can look back at the last six months since it happened and think uh, it probably did not do anybody any good uh, other than for those of us who were just kind of sick of the Hulkster. Uh, I voted for the radicals of all. Uh, the only segment I voted for that made the final six was the radical debut. And to be honest with you, it's not going to get my vote uh, because what I did was I went back and realized that I've been really laissez faire about watching raw this year because we've been so deep on WCW.
4: Wait. There's
1: been so, there's <laughs> been so much to cover that like I have a life and a job and I, I just can't watch raw every week. Sorry. Uh, so I went back and I watched some of them on the recommendation of the gentlemen uh, here and of some of our other contributors. And I think there was another segment, which you know, somebody mentioned the you know, the cheap pop segments, the return segments. Yeah, but sometimes those are fun. And really, as far as segments of the year, this was a bad year for good segments. It was a great year for comedy segments. But I don't think comedy segment, like there, any of the Commissioner Foliage and Christian ones could have been on here if we're just going to talk about comedy segments. But as far as meaningfully impactful segments, kind of a bad year. And to me, there's a clear top two. And the one I voted for, I'm not going to vote for this time.
0: Chris, you've got Vince returns on here as well as something else.
4: Yeah, I I think it was like a, a beacon of hope at the time. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about was it personality? Um, it, it it was fresh. Vince McMahon coming back, and he was aligned with The Rock, but he wasn't like. I mean, he went into WrestleMania in The Rock's corner, but it wasn't like so much a partnership as just it was just a fresh Vince McMahon character that was a baby face and that was new and it was fresh and i think that's about as well as you can do a return to a non wrestling character okay he's wrestled a lot you know you know what i mean like a non active member of your roster um it turns up backstage the music plays hunter and stephanie watching on tv just absolutely shit themselves <laughs> charge backstage to find him and vince just decks triple h one punch and he's out shane's face in the ring you can tell he's vince's son in that moment just because the expressions are perfect like that has been passed down to shane and that is very good news for shane mcmahon's career in the business um then he comes out and just it was good it was fun it made me feel happy watching it and it's not too often, unless you're getting the better of Vince McMahon, that he makes you feel happy as a wrestling fan. <laughs> but this time, it, he did. Um, and I, I, I think it deserves some sort of recognition. But I, I agree. This is a really weak category. Like I like all of these, actually, including Russo's promo. Um, but it, in terms of best segment, it is a bit weak. Um, I kind of wish I'd voted for <laughs> the end of Survivor Series. Um, oh. yeah well we'll we'll see we might have an opportunity to discuss that later yes um to me my favorite is is the foley rock promo but i mean it feels like not very high stakes you know what i mean it's not it's just a a feel good friendly happy comedy Mm. skit and it goes really well but it's not high stakes and i think raw's been excellent this year let's like get that on the table wwf tv has been really good but this list is kind of underwhelming um even the angle kisses stephanie i feel like that's on here has like a a culmination of sort of a recognition of okay that storyline was really great and we just kind of like that moment's been picked to highlight that whereas that segment in isolation it's not like best segment of the year angle gets a cheap kiss on stephanie like really um it's still good but it just feels a little bit flat i'm a little bit torn but um yeah i i like all of these none of them are blow away runaway winners for me is
0: it fair to say, if you take the russo shoot on hogan out of the equation and you look at just the federation ones we've got here yeah i think you're right is it probably fair to say that part of that is because this year 2000 even on tv raw and smackdown has been more in-ring heavy and segments haven't been quite as important as they were last couple of years i mean there's no austin zamboni moment here is there not even close
2: and did not say that i think it's more to do with the how the tv's structured yes there's more in ring, but like it's more about the overall story and like how we're going to craft it and stuff like that rather than right, if we do, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Yeah. And like, how amazing would it be if if, yeah. if we got this person to do this? You know, it's more just the longer term vision. And that ultimately does mean TV is a little bit less of a shock value. I mean, you know, but like considering just the other side of the coin here, why was it that the guy who like on paper said, it'd be, it, said in, that it would be a good idea to introduce all of these things, didn't do them well in WCW. Like surely for best segment of the year, this would be the one thing that WCW could have had a chance at competing in, and yet Ooh, the yeah, only thing I could come up with was a shoot cut, was a shoot promo on a pay per view by someone who wanted, you know, just trying to get a uh, trying to get a way of making Booker T WCW champion. Uh,
1: I, I think. Uh, Roy, I think, and Dan, you make a, a lot of really good points there, and, but Roy, I think what, the point you make can't be glossed over. I mean, we're an hour and a half into this or thereabouts, an hour, hour and a half, and Steve Austin's been just barely mentioned, which is, seems fucking incredible considering the 97 through 99 stretch. Uh, but he was the segment king. I mean, he had a segment every Monday, and, every, and then if he didn't have a segment on a pay-per-view, he would have one of the best matches. This is the segment guy. And the fact that he has been out, I think, really shows kind of how the Fed leaned on him outside of the ring for the last three years. To to fill those gaps between matches, you had Austin and you had McMahon and you had that dynamic in 97. He was stunning people in 98. He was champion. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think the. I don't think it can be over, overlooked but the fact that the second this uh, category is so weak this year, uh, aside from the fact that ECW and WCW are both way down, is that we had the guy who always has the best segment
4: just not around for most of the year. I mean, even like him and Regal on Raw, um, where Regal's like about to read Austin's music hits, he walks down, stuns him, leaves the ring. Like that is like like it's not a contender, but it's kind of like on the the level of a lot of these contenders, really. Like, yeah. um, I mean, if we're, it's not a segment because it's the end of a pay-per-view match. But the best segment on WWF TV this year is Austin at Backlash. Like, it it just is. But that's the end of a match. Like, and he comes out with a chair. And but that's the best like five ten minute stretch, and then the post-match stuff with Rock. I didn't feel like I could vote for it. It's not really in the spirit of this award. This segment feels a lot more sort of it just it's outside of the realm of this category. But that is the best segment. And again, that's Austin being Austin. Yeah, I I think it's really important to... It does sort of signify a shift away from sort of like week to week, booking a spot segment, more to we've got a two-month storyline that we're going to play out. And uh, I think the TV's been better for it, but this award feels a little flatter.
0: Every Raw and indeed SmackDown begins with a 20-minute promo now and has done... Pretty much all of the year. Now, you could say that is down to a certain someone, but uh, I'm going to save that for a bit later on. But when a third of your show, when you take out commercials or whatever, are purely giving over to an opening promo, opening promo normally involving five or six people as well, generally quite dense in what it's talking about you're not going to have much time for any wham bam thank you ma'am stuff and that is a blessing because it shows how much attention is being made to the spoken word and the storylines but for picking an individual segment it does make things a bit harder and i think that is borne out by the choices we've got here but nevertheless let's pick one dan where are we going oh, why are you going to me first um you hey, could you've got to set the tone
2: for this one <laughs> um i think my favorite is still Um, It doesn't matter how it makes you feel, but I don't think it's the best. I think the best is mankind becoming cactus. Okie dokie. Eric. Uh,
0: Vince returns in March. Chris Lacey. Jack's back,
4: bitch. And Christopher White. It's in vain, but I have to give it a nod somewhere. So I'm going to go with angle kisses, Steph, just to give give that angle some props. Interesting stuff.
0: I've, I don't want to give too much away of how we got to this final list, everybody. We switched from some of our original votes here, but that's why we have these discussions. We're allowed to change our mind. But Mankind Becoming Cactus Jack takes it Wow, and my number one pick as well, so I'm rather pleased with that. And again, to praise Triple H, as you know how much I love doing that on these show. this would have counted for nothing, and the brilliant six or seven weeks we talked about afterwards would never happen if he didn't sell Cactus Jack's arrival like death itself it was his reaction at msg 1997 times 1000 and set us on course for the fantastic two months of television main event feuds that we saw so yeah mankind becoming cactus jack is our best segment Uh, not the deepest pool this time but i'm happy that it's one let's be honest to keep the boss happy then what else do you need speaking of which worst show of the year now i do not want to waste too much time on this one i'm going to list them very quickly super brawl 2000 bash at the beach new blood rising all of these things are like the other and we would be wasting our time we would be wasting the listeners time especially since we've spent hours upon hours <laughs> of world championship wrestling shows breaking these one down in minute and unbearable detail so going to keep this very, very quick because I don't really care what wins here. They're all worthy, <laughs> worthy winners, he says, in inverted commas. Chris
4: White, question for you. Have you seen these shows? <laughs> uh, yes, but not recently. I haven't rewatched them in preparation for this. Well, I, I,
0: I, it's the answer I was hoping
4: you would give because there are limits after all. Uh, I, I couldn't subject myself to that. Um, very I, I, quickly. I, I wouldn't ask you to. Go on. I, I feel like it has to be for me, and I am not in a WCW viewership bubble. I do not watch Nitro weekly. If there's a segment Nobody does, don't you, worry. <laughs> if I hear you well, guys little. talk about something on the show that's worth checking out for good or bad reasons, I will go find it. It, it. And that has meant I've not had to look up a whole lot this year. But some of these shows that you hear being reviewed on this podcast that are so terrible and they have people so upset or angry or just like just if you, just in dismay. Um, you have to watch for yourself. And for me, I think I'm gonna go with Bash at the Beach because not only do you have that graveyard match, but as Lacey said earlier, um, which I think was very apt, you have the knife going in with the Hogan Russo stuff, and I've, I think. What better way? If it is the last time he ever appears in WCW, what better way to honour Hulk Hogan's time with the company than him winning Worst Show on his way out?
0: Oh, 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 oh. You, if, if I had a bug you'd be selling me there. Content. Not that I would need much selling on it. Eric, again, I, I, you, my friend, I do not want to subject you to any more than is necessary on WCW Worst Show. So if you wish to be brief on that one, you have my blessing, sir.
1: This is coded language to the listener. Rory telling me not to take 10 minutes on each show despite my notes. So here's, here's the thing. <laughs> yes. um, Super Brawl 2000 and New Blood Rising are both objectively bad wrestling shows. Uh, and, and Rory, you made your, your kind of argument that New Blood Rising kind of stopped being a wrestling show after a while, which I think only kind of fills in that uh, that argument. But Bash yeah. at the Beach did more than offer up bad wrestling. Um I don't think that WCW can come back from that show. Um, I just think that they, that was Russo on screen in real life, kind of waving up, like waving the white flag for him and for his his involvement with the company. And it it didn't end up being the end of it. Uh, But I just think that... If you're going to talk about Worst Show, in-ring it's Super Brawl, and you know everything uh, that happened at New Blood Rising is just offensive. But Worst Show as far as, like, this show is going to have ramifications and repercussions far beyond the year 2000 and, and outside of WCW. Bash at the Beach 2000 was destructive to WCW, to professional wrestling, um, and it, It's just it also, let's not forget, had one of the uh, quietly one of the worst matches of all time in chronic versus Stasiak and Palumbo, which in any other year would have made the worst match of the year category. I would have assured that. Um, But it wasn't even the worst match on this card. And it was still like one of the five worst wrestling matches I I can remember. So for me, uh, I will also just lodge my vote for Bash at the Beach here, not because it was the worst wrestling show, just because it was the worst show that wrestling could have had. Uh, long term uh it was just uh j- you can't you can't ever put the genie back in the bottle and Bash at the beach was the genie escaping the bottle man it it, 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 it transcends bad matches
0: chris Lacey, is grim in it uh
3: so i will just touch on one of these quickly because it was a point where both me and eric nearly gave up the ghost and said fuck it to everything and never watch wrestling again because super bowl to 2000 was that bad but everyone's Man, right if, if we only knew if we only <laughs> <fucking> knew <laughs> bash at the Beach is, is the death nail in wcw that is the day wcw has died it nothing comes back from that you know let's let's just have a look what came post that show we have Obviously, New Blood Rising and the Goldberg walking out. You have the point where Russo gives himself the belt. This this was the catalyst for the point when the fucking Titanic hits the iceberg. Shit's fucking going down. This is that moment where WCW died.
0: Dan, I promise I'll let you talk about something a bit more wholesome now, but... Complete this formality for us.
2: Um, I literally I'm going to get voted because I would have gone for Super Brawl because ultimately I think I judge it a little bit more on the wrestling than clearly the guys who did WCW did. But I think again I'm kind of a little bit in between Chris, the two Chris's where yes I'm not as as intricately intertwined as into WCW as Eric and you and maybe Lacey is. But I also do take an eye on things, and um, yeah, I just know that Super Bowl had some absolutely atrocious wrestling on it, um, and it wasn't even a Russo show, so I kind of felt it was poetic to say that it wasn't, Russo didn't even book it, and it's still crap. So I would have voted for Super Bowl, but if everyone's happy to bash the beach, I'm happy to go along with it, because like, literally, I think I voted for three different WCW shows, and they still didn't make the cut. Yeah, but like,
0: that's, yes, indeed <laughs> did self says
1: possibly like good man fall, fall brawl is looking out of its window all sad at, at its companions I, I will say <laughs> that
0: <so>. super <laughs> brawl 2000 just quickly probably lots of competition this year the worst in-ring pay-per-view I think we've seen in the course of our project we had our worst match we talked about earlier there were at least three others. I'm not even going to give them a distinction of mentioning them that were dud negative stars level and everything else on there was not far above it. But Bash at the Beach for all it represented, all it could come to represent in the future. I do think Bash at the Beach will be where the final hammer was welded into the copy, as your normal Rory mixed metaphor there. I don't know how long we're going to be talking about WCW as a viable product. And I think so much of it comes back to, Bash at the Beach. That didn't end things, or all but end things, for WCW in its own right, but from start to finish, everything about it just typifies where we are, and how far we've come from, from a company that could do no wrong, and were lauding it just just three years ago really, even two if you really want to stretch a point but now we have Bash at the Beach winning Worst Show, where two other WCW pay-per-views were in the running and pretty much any one of the fuckers could have been on the list, but Bash at the Beach, Worst Show another minus point for Welch Championship Wrestling well what do you know before we take a much needed refill break best worker category this is more like it and Dan it's only right and proper you start us off here best in-ring worker this is best wrestler if you will because we are allowed to say that word on this podcast three nominations are Triple H Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit Dan it's all yours this is how
2: shit WCW is the the cruiserweights have died where are my boys (laughs) who Where, where where is Ray Where's Where's my Kidman's? Where's my Ultimo Dragons? This is not fair. This is how well, bad ho- it
0: is. in a hotel lobby somewhere in Australia. But anyway, Triple H, Angle, Benoit is what we've got.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I I love him, but I think Kurt is probably too much of a reach for this award for this year. I don't... I can clearly see he's great. I can't see the body of work, and I can't see that match. And that's what I always look for in this category. Um give him a like a 20 minute match with a Benoit or a, a a triple H on his own and i I just can't see it I don't think he's got a great match this year um on his own which means I have to discount him, even though I love him triple h I think is one of the most interesting choices for this award i think we've had in the series of this show since i've been on it because generally when i think of worker i as everyone knows i go to flying technical ability just general skill but triple h has just been the brilliant all-round worker this year he's been a brawler with foley drew some incredible matches he's done this the wwf style epic with the rock he's done um you know more kind of carrying jobs with, well, not carrying jobs, but elevation jobs, shall we say, with Jericho at the last man standing. And then at No Mercy, he had an absolutely brilliant one-on-one match with Benoit, which was just pure wrestling. So he's done it all, and I'm genuinely considering voting for him. Um, but I think, again, most people on this, you know, who are regular listeners, know that my guy is Benoit, and I think this has been the best year he's had in the ring since you know, since he was ECW and the smaller a smaller version of himself in WCW, what more can this man do? He's just been absolutely brilliant in the ring with Jericho. His feud with Jericho, I don't, I don't know how that didn't get on the list for few of the year. In hindsight, yeah, I don't know why. I, didn't I, know, I for never it. thought of that. <laughs> um, yeah, his match with Jericho were brilliant. The match with Chris Triple H is brilliant because brenoir is, is just fantastic in that match as well. He had the best probably singles match the Rock's had. Um, which didn't have any bells and whistles in it. Um, he managed to make himself a vicious heel and a believable top card heel based on the ferocity of his work rate. Yeah, Benoit this year has just been the best in-ring, in-ring worker for the WWF, and it's someone who probably haven't had since Bret Hart and Sean in 1997. That's how good he's been. It's just whether I go for the all-round ability of trips over Benoit's technical masterclasses this year.
0: Again, you have a bit of time to think about it. As Chris White takes us through this WWF exclusive list.
4: I am kind of on the same page on Angle. Um, This isn't a criticism of him. It's just how the calendar falls. But like the the work in January. And I mean, we go back to the Rumble and that match with Taz. That's a great fucking match. But it's like four minutes. Like um, Kurt has not been the best worker this year. He is like good enough that like he win this award one year on this show he will. Oh, I hope so. But this isn't that year. I mean, he debuted like two months prior to 2000 starting. It's just too soon for him. But he's had an outstanding year in the ring, better than I think anyone could have reasonably hoped it would have been. Um, for me, uh, Chris Benoit is. Like this is not gonna ruffle any feathers at all. Like we all know that Chris Benoit is a better worker than Triple H, but I think Triple H's body of matches in the year 2000 are better than Chris Benoit's, and that's so much of that is about circumstance and opportunity. Like so much, like every mat, every pay per view, Triple H is in a 20 minute plus match. Like every pay per view, uh, Chris Benoit's in a few of those. His match with The Rock is really good. Obviously, Triple H and Benoit is a good match as well. Um, and then we have, like, matches where the, the uh, Fatal Fall Away with Kane and Taker in there as well, Benoit and The Rock. Um, perhaps not on the level of some of the singles matches, but when we just look back at Hunter's year in ring, we have the two matches with Foley. Then you've got um, Mania, which that that needs no mention for this award um but the match with rocket backlash is great um we have a couple of really good matches with chris jericho a really good match with kurt angle and then i just i just think is i don't know how he's done it because he's not the best worker but he has the best body of work for the year 2000 so i have to vote for triple h because his, he's if you were to pick like the top ten WWF matches this year, he would be the most consistently appearing name. And a large part of that is just because he's been in the bloody main event the entire year. Whereas the oh, yeah. change. But like I, I he delivers. He delivers. I'm sorry. He's been in there with different styles, uh, different stip matches, um, and he always delivers. And I I, I think he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for, I would say, uh, performing in the ring better than we would have previously given him credit for on this show throughout this year.
0: Let's not be hasty, though, Chris. Let's wait to see what everybody else has got to say before you cast your vote, said he, hopefully. Eric, you next.
1: Man, Roy, you're not going to be happy with this. Uh, I was all prepared to... Defend angle here, fully realizing that, you know, he didn't have a full, he didn't necessarily, easy for me to say, have a full year of great matches. But like when you watch the guy, you can just tell he's an incredible worker. Um, And Benoit, like we don't need to, we don't need to go back over that. But like, dude, there's something to be said about the guy who can be in almost every main event of every pay-per-view for an entire year and have almost 100% good matches. And that's Triple H. And I'm afraid that the gentlemen have uh, made me rethink this decision, just because if you look back at the guy's body of work, even going back to late '99, uh, and, and this, we know he's a good worker because he had match of the year in '98 too. So, like, we don't we don't necessarily love the dude, and it's weird to have a heel be the main guy for the WWF, just because it's always been a face territory going back to. Gorgeous, just you know going back to bruno basically but like and before but man you know you look back at the year for triple h it's it's hard to it's hard to argue and i, I don't think i'm gonna try
3: Lacey benoit has just been benoit and um, you know it's the thing that i would say on the east i would say you know when new jack does new jack benoit's done benoit and He's not done anything outside of his usual scope. That's not a knock on him, but he's not done anything to impress me this year to go, oh, fuck, there's a never level for Benoit. So Benoit can't get it this year because just because you are, you know, just because you're Man United and you win the league every year doesn't make you, you know, more impressive just because you did it again. I get the point everyone's going on with Hunter, the fact that he's been there, been around the main event all year and had consistently stellar matches. But I'm going to fight the corner for Angle. Angle's come in. He had, what, six months training with Tory last year, made his debut at Survivor Series, and then went on to have Taz's only good match in the Fed. Um, had... Arguably my favourite match at Mania with Benoit and Jericho, had a great match with Jericho at No Way Out. Managed to get a decent match out of Taker, um, with how little he's done this year. Great match in the uh, SummerSlam, and that the fact that he was fucking out of it and still managed to get back in and do it. The King of the Ring run was fucking great. Angle wins this. Angle has been the best worker this year because he's done it in a year. I
0: can't believe I'm going to say this, but does that does that alone—that he has done this in such an undeniably impressive short space of time—does that
3: make him the best wrestler? Yes. The fact of he's picked this up naturally that quick, and it's not just the in-ring stuff; it's the whole round. He's got promos, he's got character, he's uh, we'll got get, we'll selling. Get to, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that. As a as a worker, he has picked up every aspect of professional wrestling. Yes, he's an amateur. We all know his credentials. No one has ever been that good. That fucking quick. And that's where Angle gets best worker. I got a tear in my eye. I think it might become a flood
0: in a couple of seconds though, but uh that's your vote, Chris Lacey, for Angle.
2: Dan, where are we going? To counter Lacey's point, Manchester United are still the best football team in England even though they've been the most dominant, so I will give a vote to Benoit because he deserves it, because he is the best damn technical wrestler in the world. Prove me wrong
0: still bowed out of the fa cup though didn't they so that's a vote for Benoit,
4: chris white <laughs> um i'm gonna go with triple h i i just think there's more there uh they're, they're not duds and angles 20 uh on his resume for this year but like the the match with taz uh the match with uh oh my god what was he the was it the show star at backlash. <laughs> shows oh, yeah. backlash. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the the match with again, this is like it, like it's it's so unfair that this works against him. But like the Taker match at Fully Loaded, like fuck me, Give it's so name. bad. It's literally zero percent Kurt Angle's fault. But like, I can't, I can't. So it has to be Triple H for me.
0: So that's one vote for everybody so far, and that spares me. I'm pleased to say in this category, but it doesn't spare you, Eric. Final choice, best worker, Triple H, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit.
1: Yeah, this is really tough. Uh, I think everybody makes really good points about everybody. Uh, I kind of agree with Benoit. I think he's still got that next level in him. I think you can make the same argument for Kurt Angle. It's hard to look back and see a guy who's who's put together in-ring, you know, January to December, in the main event, effectively carrying a company in its best year ever. Well, I, I think another guy was probably... More of the carrier as far as everything else. But like, bell to bell, in-ring, carrying that belt, working the main event. God, fuck, it's Triple H, and I'm really sorry, Rory.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, you should be. Yeah, so there you go. He is our best worker. And I will say this. He hasn't really added much to his game, pun intended, over the last five years, really. He's still, by and large, doing the same things he was doing. In a SummerSlam 95 match with Bob Holly. But everything now has so much more purpose. Does it with so much pace. His timing is impeccable. It's just the right thing at the right time. He knows now when he really needs to get aggressive. And when he can get down and dirty on the mat. To the extent he is able to. He does when it counts. Um, He's got the main event style down pat. I cannot argue that. Even as much as I would like to try.
4: Can I just throw a question out to to the group? Is anyone I, I'm not even sure I voted for him, but is anyone else like a bit who that the rock is nowhere to be seen in this conversation? I thought he was going to make
0: it into best worker I really did
4: like, like 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 and hunter is has won the whole thing, and the rock is nowhere to be seen and I don't I mean, even think I him. voted for him. I just think it's a point worth discussing when we look back at this year. Again,
2: we, <laughs> To, to, there's no Tajiri or Karina. I voted for Tajiri, Chris. Don't, don't hate me. He was my, is, his, wait, the most Chris vicious rest of the year.
1: Yeah, this is a really bad analogy because they're not the same, but almost it's like, you wouldn't vote Hogan for best worker, but you talk about him later. That's kind of where I'm looking at this with Triple H and The
0: Rock. I, thought, I, I honestly thought when I sent these out four weeks ago that it was going to come down to those two straight and I'd probably have the casting vote, but Dwayne was nowhere to be seen in this category. Will we hear from him at all in the remaining seven? Yeah. Our next category is not Rising Star. Oh, stone me. It is not Rising Star. I'm not putting myself through that again. I have My amended God. things this time. Don't, don't, Just please don't remind me. It is now called Future Main Eventer. So we're extending the realm just a little bit. It doesn't necessarily need to be somebody who made their debut this year i like to think it also excludes somebody who may or may not be actually holding a World Championship belt, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. This is how it shook down. We've got five categories in future main eventer. Somebody who we think could well be a contender for MVP in future years of these award shows. We've got Lita, We've got Lance Storm. We've got Rhino. We've got Jeff Hardy. We've got Steve Carino. Conspicuous by his absence, you might say, is Chris Jericho, but I'm not going to make a song and dance about it. Lacey,
3: two of your boys are in this one, so why don't you go first? Finally, some ECW love in a category. And in theory, three of my boys are in here because Lance is, is still ECW, really. Um, so we'll go first with a Man Beast. He's 25 years old. He could fit into any era of wrestling. You could put him in the Fed in the 80s and he would have been perfect squalor for Hogan You could put him in the 90s and he would be perfect against Bret. And in ECW, you put him against most people and he works. He had a match against New Jack in November to remember where he took all of New Jack's shit and still fucked him up. Rhino is easily the best beast that is in wrestling today could quite easily go to either of the bigger feds and be the monster to go against their big face and did i mention he's only 25 he has got the fucking world in front of him he is absolutely amazing but then we have the other side of that coin which is carino again 25 again perfect psychological wrestler this year he has gone from pretty much being a whiny little bitch to being the king of old school he took Dusty to his limits yes Dusty won which questionable reasons for that but he did the job for Dusty he was then the figurehead for the ECW versus Network feud which should have been a feud of the year but wasn't we'll not worry about that And was the perfect smarmy heel and yet naturally turned into probably the biggest face in that company at the moment, because RVD is not really about and not really doing a great deal to the point where the ECW faithful were chanting his name at the end of November to remember as he won the title. Yes, I know we've had this whole thing of shouldn't be the guy that wins the title, but this is an ECW. It's not the big time he can talk he can wrestle he had the best one of the best moments last year when in a hardcore match he got a chair put it down just to put a headlock on <laughs> the guy is a <laughs> fucking of the year. god. <laughs> to pick on the other couple here obviously lance storm we we all know about lance storm we all know how he's one of the best actual wrestling wrestlers in the world and finally got to show it on a bigger stage at wcw and let's face it was the only watchable moments of wcw other than maybe awesome and Muta. but you know he made wcw watchable which is a fucking miracle jeff is if he doesn't kill himself i don't know if there's more than a tag team wrestler there But that's if he doesn't go and, you know, break himself with some of those retarded jumps that he does and 40-foot ladder drops through tables to nothing. But that's another thing. Now, Miss Congeniality, I have a lot of time for her, you know, back from ECW. And then, obviously, her little run with Ese at the beginning of the year. She has... Arguably had the best six months in a change from S.A. Rios to being lead with the Hardys. But main event, uh, don't think we're going to see a female main event in the Fed anytime soon. So sort of knocks her right out of contention for this. So it does go down to the king of old school or the man beast.
4: Insofar as a female in the WWF in the current product could ever be a main eventer I mean Lita is a very different female character to that of China. she's not going to be in there wrestling with the men um and in so far as what options Lita has what more can she do really like she can be associated with someone who's in the main event in more of a Stephanie role like that. But like in, in terms of in ring, I don't know the lay of the land allows her to maybe fulfill the potential. We've all rightly seen here with her being put into this short list of nominations, because I don't know where, she could go within the WWF to achieve that main eventer level. I think Lacey's got that spot on. I I think Lacey is is entirely too dismissive of Jeff Hardy. (laughs) And I I, I think if the Hardy boys had been in ECW for like three months, two years ago, we would have a very different opinion (laughs) of the the Hardy boys. Feel that one.
1: Chris versus Chris is the new Eric versus Dan.
4: (laughs) Because Here we are. Look, look, I'm not going to argue that like Carino and Rhino and Storm aren't all like maybe better candidates than Jeff. I, I just think to dismiss him almost outright from contention is is, is very unfair because he.
3: Can I, much can I have like, a quick rebuttal on this? You can. Just, just a quick one. Of yeah. the six guys from the the group that they are all put together of edge is the breakout star of the six
0: a little surprised he didn't
4: feature here either i must it must be said edge is a more well-rounded character but i i think we're seeing a lot of that like jeff hardy's had minimal promo time and i think in ring he's like a star like and maybe the psychology like like that Jeff Hardy has delivered as much psychology as anyone in WWF tag teams has in the last five years like like he because that's not what the product is like they don't have like these main event matches built on psychology no one does in like the main event matches are TLC matches like the main event of the tag division I, I, I should say uh, they're like TLC matches I think he's Marcus Paul I think he's popular I think he's got room to grow as a worker and definitely room to grow as a promo I, I I think I could see Jeff Hardy having an in-ring year not too dissimilar from what we've seen from Kurt Angle at some stage in his career which is why I think he deserves to be on this list I don't think he's the strongest candidate in the world I don't think he's the strongest candidate. The WWF could have put forward. I, I think Chris Jericho is a bigger mission here. Um, it's definitely not the WWF's category, but I think Jeff is maybe better than we're giving him credit for. Chris, just very quickly, Jeff Hardy
0: rather than Matt Hardy?
4: Yeah, I, I, I think a large part of it is because Jeff's the star of that team, isn't he? Like, Jeff is the spot man. Mm-hmm. Like, I would agree um it's it's
1: a ricky robert ricky ricky and Robert mm.
4: yes good to answer,
1: I think, yeah. or, or or sean and Martin. yeah
4: yeah and i uh, i uh, maybe i uh, i uh, maybe the disparity isn't as big as like a sean marty but like from what we've seen from the two jeff is that star isn't he so if one of them is going to break out in the singles realm it will be jeff if it happens for either of them it will be jeff um yeah uh it's, it's tough that i don't i don't think it's wdf's category i'm not going to argue like it is uh i, I really did, i don't see no, it that way it. but we'll be i think
0: jeff hardy i think we're talking 2 or 3 years down the line at the earliest but i think it's there i do think it's there eric who will the spotlight be shining on at some point in the not too distant future from this
1: list you know a... Yeah, here's the thing. This it should be Chris Jericho, but he was in a bunch of main events this year, and after last year, I wasn't about to get that wrath, so I didn't put him on the list.
0: Um, <laughs> How very wise. I would have allowed well, it this time, though. See, you know, that's the, the thing. We, got, we we got to
1: talk about this ahead of time. But anyway, <laughs> of this list, I I see a whole bunch of mid-carters on this list. Really, I do. Uh, I don't know that we have—I don't know that anybody really truly broke through this year and made me think, oh, we have a Rock or a Kurt Angle or a Austin or a Triple H or a Anybody or Goldberg, like, I don't know. Uh, do we really see Rhino even, like, I think Rhino's the, probably the best pick of this category just because Lacey says he's super young. He's got the size, sort of, although I worry he's going to be subject to the Taz uh, syndrome and that he looks really big against the guys that ECW has, but is he really going to look big against the average WWF or WCW mid we'll, we'll find out someday, I'm sure, but I don't think the dude's, like, you know, he's not Earthquake uh size um lita i think it's fair i think she can be the, the 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 side piece for a main event guy for sure i think that's definitely her future i just don't see women's wrestling in the u.s getting to a point even in the next five to ten years when she would have a lot you know her viable prime to get to a point where she would be in a main event as a main event worker storm and carino i think are just destined to be like good hand mid-card dudes which kills me because Lance Storm is probably one of my favorite guys in wrestling right now. And I think Jeff Hardy It's just too soon to tell uh, because I don't know that he can talk. I think he's got a lot of work to do uh, as far as, uh, you know, being able to break out of that uh, tag team high spot mentality. I just think it's a bad list, uh, frankly. And even with Jericho on this list, had he made it, I don't know. This is this might be our weakest future made event staple that we've had in the history of the show.
0: I'm also not sure if Jericho had made it to get onto the list he would even have won though. What's another? That's that's one for the birds. Dan, we're not doing very well with this list so far. Can you pull something out of the fire for us?
2: I'm going to take this category very literally and go okay, who's going to be who's got the best chance of being a future main eventer regardless of their ability. Um, so that does unfortunately rule Lita out even though I think she probably is one of the most sympathetic baby faces the WWE have right now. I think Carino again is is too much of a mid-carder he, even though he's brilliant like i agree with lacy on every point he's made in terms of his versatility but he just doesn't have that x factor like i think some other people on this list do have jeff has more charisma in his pinky than lance storm has in his entire body but lance storm has more wrestling ability in his pinky than jeff hardy has in his whole body so it's it's a much of a match as between those two i think lance might be the first person to get a main event by process of elimination because wcw's talent drain has been so bad that they might just need to throw in a good wrestling hand to get a good main event against the baby face and lance is by far and away the best pure worker they have that hasn't been completely ruined like or overexposed um like the career rates have so there's hope for him I probably of this entire list would say Rhino's got the best chance because he is just a beast, and the, his ability to actually being able to wrestle, I think he's got a bit of a selling point with his just his, his kind of shape, and he's got a bit more of a you know visceral look than Taz does. Um, however, that's providing he goes to WCW because. Again, look, we're talking about Jericho, but we've also got to talk about people that aren't even in the main event scene, but could easily go in there like, WF, like Benoit, Kane, Taker, Angle, Triple H, Rikishi, Trips. That main event scene is stacked. Like, I don't think we can get more people in there for a couple of years, realistically. So it has to be WCW, and I think one of Storm or Rhino's got the best chance of going there um, for, for being a future main eventer quickly. Um, so it's going to be one of those two for me.
0: OK, I just can't win with this award, can I? I try to
2: change it and it gets thrown back in. My I time. do think it is better, a better category because it does yeah. eliminate the possibility of having a guy who is like a star being nominated for a category. Which happened in the last two years when they were the world champion.
0: I yes, <laughs> just exactly. want to put well, that on record I'm, again.
4: I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm, over that yet. I'm more outraged this year than ever before, because by what logic... Is Steve Carino not eliminated from this? So what we're saying is, star in the WWF. That's what this award is, right? I yeah. Think, or you you know know WCW. No, I think that's I fair, think.
0: Chris. Yeah, you've, you've, you've stolen a march on us there, kid. I just think, I, Chris, I just
1: think that ECW is so far down this year that you can't... You It's not the same as, as being world champion in, in WWF or WCW. I just think ECW has has markedly fallen to the extent that like I don't know if
4: Okay, but we've seen before that these guys who look sensational in ECW, like Taz, are jokes. <laughs> like like I don't I don't know <laughs> like when they get to the Fed. Like I don't know how someone like Steve Carino can win this. Because that regard like he's his main event in pay per views as the world champion in a promotion. He's not in one of the big two. Can we call it that now? Like it like WCW, like I don't know. Like I, I, I'm really looking at who's going to be the like who who on this list could be WWF champion. That's what I'm looking at.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's uh, fine. No, 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 that's very reasonable. I think you've got to try to take some kind of specific tack with a category like this. Again, still all Bamba's fault. Lacey, let's have a vote. Future main eventer. Interpret that how you will. Who are you going for?
3: Uh, it's it's so hard to pick between the two. But Man Beast. Chris White, you've still
4: got a vote. I do, and I'm gonna go with Lance Storm. Eric? Rhino. And Dan. Rhino.
0: Rhino takes it. Yeah, remains to be seen, I think. I'm a fan of Rhino. I don't think anybody listening to this show would say they're not a fan of Rhino, to be honest. But can he main event, i.e., go to WWF? Let's face it, as he is right now. Do we have another Taz on our hands here? No. We, and I mean we, were burnt quite dramatically by what happened to Taz in the last 12 months, and a certain somebody's going to take one look at Rhino and he's going to be doing comedy fat dance skits. Right? It's, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's unfair of me to put that possibility forward. Okay, let's go around the table very quickly. Lacey, Rhino, future WWF main eventer. And I know that's not the point of this category, but Chris has brought it up, and I think he's got a very good point. Future WWF main eventer, Rhino.
3: I see it as if you are building someone. So, say, Angle is the the big face or whoever, and you need a... Physical monster, quote unquote, if you know, if you're going sort of old school booking, yeah, Brian, it fits the bill. Chris White.
4: I would not be surprised if we look at the four male nominees and none of them ever win a world title in the WWF. Eric?
1: I agree with Chris White.
2: Dan? WWF, very, very questionable. WWF, yes, I can see. Bruno and Storm being world champion.
0: Okay, listen everybody, in 12 months when none of these people are discussed, there you go. <laughs> you, can, you can take that one to the bank, as they say. Uh, Nostradamus no his job is very much safe let's move on to worst booking decision now this is for worst booking decision in professional wrestling because we all know what the real worst booking decision of this year was i was there in attendance for it four months ago when somebody in their infinite wisdom on the third day of the reading festival i.e the rock day chose to put the daphne and celeste midway up the bill and the results ensued were always going to be the results ensued I thought it was very unfair on them. It wasn't their fault. They didn't ask for it, but we all knew what the response was going to be. Best guys! Best, guys.
1: guys you guys are, guys. Guys are, you guys are, are such
4: cool. a good I'm loving the Die, Yes, I will!
0: Anyway, in terms of professional wrestling, we have three to choose from. We have Rikishi being revealed as the Austin's hit-and-run driver. We have the Bill Goldberg-Hilton and we have the WCW title being won by David Arquette. Chris White, worst booking decision.
4: It's not going to win this category, but it does deserve a shout in this in, in the realm. Um, Rikishi being revealed as the driver is one of the only ways you could have completely blown Austin's reintroduction <laughs> into the WWF. The only saving grace, and I'm going to get it out of the way early, is that survivor series 99 is the night like just after rikishi debuted and it's like so it's like it's before we've really got to know rikishi the baby face dancing stink face like too cool like so so it happened then and then he's been a baby face like for like a year like so that's like <laughs> the tiniest of saving graces is that he did it like right at the start. And then like, if you see this, this storyline like play out like in its fullest and we've got like the fact that it was, it was Hunter, right? Like who met, like paid him off or whatever. Like when you think about Rikishi being this like newcomer at, in the company and Hunter is like triple H at that point, And, Paying him off to do it. There's some logic there, but they completely fucked it. Like, Austin's return pay-per-view match is against Rikishi, a heel Rikishi. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on guys it's not it's it's like we've had some good rikishi moments this year the cage match uh with vow um like two cool we're a fun act he's fun like we didn't need this no one wanted this like it's one of like the only good things the undertaker's done this year is throwing him off that bloody cell like i yeah it it's a bad decision it's not like a throw your company down the toilet bad decision but it's a very bad piece of booking. No one wanted Rikishi in this lot. He's not unnatural in it. He's awkward. He's stiff. He's not very good on the mic cutting He's like I did it for the rock promo. And and just it, it's not believable. I I don't believe that anyone's clamoring for Rikishi to be future main eventer. Um and maybe he should have been on that list. <laughs> don't bring that up again. <laughs> Painful memories of two minutes ago look the wound is still very raw look it's not the worst booking decision of the year but it's the worst booking decision the wwf made and that's why it deserves at least its 90 seconds of discussion any more on the other two options here i mean we've got uh people far better placed than myself to tear into these my two pence is that i've got a very clear winner here Uh, one is infinitely worse to me and it's the Goldberg Hill turn I I can't fathom how far through your list of bad ideas you have to be that you come across (laughs) Goldberg Hill like it's just appallingly bad and the fact that there's no one in the position to just say look we literally can't do this like he's the only one we've got like we can't and and They pull the trigger on it, and it's just as bad as everyone knew it was going to be the second it happened. It has to be, for me, the worst one of the year. That's my vote, but there's people better.
0: I shall mark it. So then, Eric, your turn.
4: Yeah. uh,
1: So, Chris, here's the way to contextualize the Goldberg heel turn. Imagine if Austin had come back to face Rikishi but instead turned heel and teamed up with Rikishi. (laughs) (laughs) Spit take. Spit take. Spit take. (laughs) So that's how bad that was. Uh, and then here's what you have: is you have a company on the ropes like WCW, with one guy who might have an opportunity to come back and pull you out of the out of the gutter. Bob Amber and I did a couple of shows back at the you know middle point of the year. I think it was the April and May shows, if memory serves. Yeah, because we did the reboot shows where Bob did his <laughs> blow by blow of the reboot. Um, here's the thing. I can't think of a worse decision that 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 could have been made this year um, as far as what a company needed, which is a guy who every time, every time like the essence of Goldberg was mentioned, every time somebody else with the last name Goldberg happened to be mentioned on WCW television, the crowd would fucking explode. And this guy was gone for a long time and the crowd wanted nothing more for him to come back. And then he came back and the crowd did explode and they Probably I'd have to go back and look. I didn't do this research ahead of the show, Uh, but they probably pulled their highest rating of the year on his return as well. I would, I would strongly suspect. And then they turn him heel. And immediately, what do you read that? Everybody is surprised that the crowd is so mad at this. And even Goldberg was like, why are they booing me? Um, So I, I like WCW just did everything wrong this year. And the Goldberg heel turn was arguably, their worst decision i almost wrote in the wcw world title scene as kind of a hole for the the booking decision um it the, i mean the belt changed hands over 20 times this year i think or, or thereabouts, and two of the title holders were david arquette which which won it here in hindsight i think that's a defensible move in that you're trying to pop a rating you're trying to pop uh attention you're trying to you know just just get any sort of eyeballs on this, and and I think it's it's really easy to say, oh, they put the belt on an actor. But if you go back and watch the match, and you watch the way they set it up, like DDP really was the was the the focus there, and and the match wasn't all that bad. And then they got the belt on him, and then they got it off him. Uh, then he turned heel. Oh, Arquette turning heel might have been a worse decision than putting the belt on him in the first place because they actually like dug in to this horrible decision instead of having this guy win the belt. On Thursday, and then give it up on Monday or at the pay per view or something. I don't know. Uh, so, the WCW World title scene culminated with Vince Russo winning the belt, which is why I think we need to take a larger view of the WCW World title being a bad de- booking decision as far as a January through December I- uh, deal. But Goldberg coming back, being treated as the monster that he is, coming into rec shop against Jeff Jarrett and all those guys, and putting the belt on him and having him made a Starcade against anybody. Um, could have helped WCW at least stave off some of this uh, really bad, uh, stave off being in this really bad spot that they're in now here at the end of, of 2000. And I think if we can trace the death of WCW as we know it, because WCW is not going to die, like this company is not going to just go away, but it's either going to be, I think we think it's either going to be bought by the WWF or Eric Bischoff's going to put something together with somebody to, to, to scoop it up. But at least as far as this incarnation of WCW that we've known, You can trace that back to Bash at the Beach, but you can trace, like, all of this stuff also back to turning Goldberg heel because any sort of opportunity they had to have a transcendent star went out the window at that time.
0: Dan, over to you for these three pretty terrible booking decisions. What do you make of them?
2: Um, I I will take up the baton for the Arquette decision. And I do agree with Eric that generally, I'm I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this exactly the same thing last year, the WCW world title generally has been booked God awfully ever since Goldberg's streak ended. But yeah, I mean, this is still the title that was won by Flair and Vader and Sting and Race and Goldberg and God forbid Hollywood Hulk Hogan. To have it be won by a C to D list actor... Who, yes, I know he loves the business, but still should have no business winning the most prestigious title in your company just because you want to pop a rating is should not even be an option that comes into your head. I know that things are bad and you're trying, but the fact is that no one cares about David Arquette. Like I do mean it in the most respect, but he's not a famous actor in the same way that that WWF could get Mike Tyson. Like Mike Tyson, they didn't even think about putting the WF title on Tyson because they realized that the whole bigger point was for him to lend support to their new star and to their product. It's not there to be the focus of like a title feud and for him to headline a pay-per-view. I I just don't understand how that could even be discussed to put the belt on him, even if it was part of an angle. Um, Like nobody cared that's ultimately what makes me feel like it's the, the worst booking decision because this was done purely to generate interest in your product and literally in, in like mainstream media. And I think there were maybe five or six, like a couple of lines entries in mainstream news outlets that was buried alongside actual real news. Nobody got this decision. No one cared about this decision. And by doing that, you make your title a joke even more than it has been already. Like you hotshot it so many times during the year that by and large, WC title meant nothing anyway. But that started at that in that late spring May time when the reboot happened. Having it hotshot back and forth between Jarrett and DDP and then Booker T and then Jarrett then back to Nash and back to Booker T. And that all started because they made the title a joke by putting David Arquette as the world champ goldberg's decision yes it is unforgivable and i generally would absolutely have no problem at all if that won the the, the award um but for me like that's a wrestling thing it, it can be quickly you know removed as possible as much as you can i think they did try um but ultimately i think an actor winning your wcw title is just stupid especially if it doesn't move the needle
0: Lacey, finish this one off for us, please.
3: <laughs> if you will. So, Arquette winning the title is not even bad. It makes sense. You've got a film that you need to promote. What better way to cross promote a film than putting the star of the film in an angle? It was non offensive.
2: And, and he's, not even, the, he's not even. And he's not even Nothing happened with that the film. the first
3: person to hold the belt this year. Russo <laughs> giving the belt to himself is the worst fucking title decision that WCW have done this year. I can look past Arquette. I get it. It's exactly the same as what the Fed did in 1989 when they brought Zeus in to promote No Holds Barred. It's been done before. It's non-offensive. So let's push that one out of the way. Can I just
0: say, Zeus didn't beat Hogan for the belt at SummerSlam 89.
3: But he was should, used... should I say,
0: on a, to, to compare, on a challenge taping in July. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, you know, this isn't something new. This has been done before, and it promotes the film. And do you know what? Ready to Rumble wasn't that bad. So, Rikishi and I Did It for The Rock just was the most pointless blow-off because you've got this thing where you could have made any of your already-there heels a bigger heel. Why take a fun-loving, fun guy and turn him heel, which then has hampered him afterwards? Because, yes, you got your main event with Austin out of it, but after that, Rikishi now is fucked. Similarly, you've done the same with Goldberg, or at least they attempted to do the same thing with Goldberg, with turning him heel, the one shining baby face that other than Sting, is WCW. He's never been anywhere else. He is their guy. Both of these two ridiculous decisions. But as Eric so well put it, this was one of those first moments of WCW fucking themselves. So that's why Goldberg's heel turn is worse than Rikishi being the driver and Goldberg's heel turn is the worst
0: decision of the year so that is your vote Goldberg heel turn and Lacey yes Chris White back to you where are we going
4: Goldberg heel turn
0: Eric Goldberg and Dan you would have gone for Arquette winning the title but um, Goldberg heel turn it is and the Goldberg heel turn uh, again you know democracy always wins out at the end of the day as we know but if Goldberg had turned heel if this had happened say six months ago so set so up in January of 2000 then I would have had no hesitation whatsoever of it winning the worst booking decision here but by June 2000 and indeed, Arquette, well, oh, actually, sorry, Dan, I'm going to include Arquette winning the title in May here as well. It was too late by then. Uh, the events for me, such as Bash at the Beach closed everything down all over by the shouting. It was really the events of April 2000 that we'll get to again in a second. That The shutters were buried on top of your fingers at best. Both Arquette winning the title and the Goldberg heel turn, they were symptoms of that. They weren't a cause of WCW's, what looks like their total demise. I would have gone for Rikishi as the driver here. I thought it was a senseless and desperate decision when you have 11 months to do anything but make a senseless and desperate decision. But not defending the Goldberg heel turn should never have been turned heel. But even a couple of months later, they at least realize that they shouldn't have done it. Let's face it. We didn't vote for Sting's heel turn as worst booking decision last year. And was that really any different? Not sure it was. But no denying it. Goldberg's heel turn was bad. was very bad it was very very bad and it is our worst booking decision so i put a minus one against it next category is our surprise of the year and now i rather sprung this one on our team as a well you get it so another wide ranging selection of options here surprise could have meant anything and looking at the five things that made it through it was once again gents as a result of that if you could mainly stick to what you voted for here to save a bit of time but we've got undertaker showing up during the iron man match at judgment day we've got eric bischoff and vince russo teaming up as i mentioned we've got kurt angles 2000 in general which is a very interesting pick we've got the radicals joining wwf very very shortly after leaving wcw and based on the way some of the votes came in i had to merge this one together but we've got the news certainly if you go back and listen to our october shows that wcw and ecw could both be on the brink of disappearing just saying those words it's doesn't seem real at all eric over to you first surprise of the year i don't know if anybody's surprised that
1: ecw's kind of looking at the end of the line based on the way it's been financially managed back to like 1997 when we were talking about Chris Candido's credit card getting run up.
0: Uh, <laughs> but they've always been there, though. That's it. Even then, they've <laughs> always been there. And now here we are.
1: Right. Well, I think they'll still be around. I, 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 I oh, said just. last month that I think it'll be like a, a return to a small regional promotion, probably is where my money would lie. Uh, probably without Paulie. I don't know. <laughs> don't tell him uh, that. For me, in doing... The research that I did for this show for the WCW version at the beginning and and middle of the year, the the surprise of the year was Russo and and Bischoff, or as we said so uh, fondly, the the Bischoff uh, regime. And here's why, because it completely came out of left field, both on screen and off. We talked about it in March, and there was a lot of speculation about how this happened. And it turns out that what we reported in March and what had been reported in and around March was basically true. Basically, there's this guy called Bill Bush who was in charge of WCW. He met with JJ. Uh, I'm sorry. He met with Jerry Jarrett back in early March, and Jerry Jarrett was like, "Look, you guys have had way too much uh, upheaval. Even though your product is shitty right now, this was coming off the heels of Super Brawl, one of the worst shows of the year." Jerry Jarrett said, look, stay the course, at least give the people who are in time time to show their their stuff. You can't just keep mixing it up. You can't keep hot shotting. You can't keep doing all this or you'll lose your company. Uh, Bill Bush's boss, who's a guy by the name of Brad Siegel, who's the real heel of 2000 uh, for reasons I'm about to explain, uh, decided to not go along with that advice and instead went over Bill Bush's head and rehired Vince Russo to head up creative and Eric Bischoff. In a creative consultant role with the idea that Bischoff could, as Vince McMahon had with Russo, rein him in. Um, This was surprising both to, well, certainly to Bill Bush, um, but also to Kevin Sullivan and Terry Taylor and everybody backstage at WCW and me. Um, And the reason it was surprising is because WCW just keeps giving these people chances. They just keep going back to Bischoff and they just keep going back to Russo. And it's like, and uh, but Kevin Sullivan, too, really, we got to throw him in because it's like this three-man weave between Kevin Sullivan, uh, Vince Russo, and then whoever Kevin Nash is hanging out with. That They, they seem to be <laughs> passing the rock around for the last two years with creative. But to me, WCW made a desperate and inexcusable decision to bring back Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff to head up creative. Uh, the fact that they announced that, as I just explained it on television um, – was the first of many kayfabe killing events that happened this year i think i don't know if anybody can honestly say that we thought it would go this bad but i think we were all pretty clear in the moment that we didn't think that this was a good idea at all and it was it was indeed a sign of desperation for wcw and one that was short-sighted and gave vince russo way too much credit for the success that he had for a short time in the wwf i think everything else on this list is surprising but it's surprising in a wrestling context this was surprising in like an industry context that like wcw and turner would make such an inexcusably poor decision one that was clearly bad in the time and and uh it it turns out in hindsight jerry jarrett was right about everything and all they had to do was listen to jerry jarrett wcw probably wasn't going to be a creative leviathan uh in in, under the steed of kevin sullivan terry taylor and whomever else but it certainly wouldn't be where it is now had they stayed the course and allowed things to develop and i guarantee you goldberg would be the top star in the company right now so to me that was the biggest surprise of the year both in the time and in hindsight
0: if that wins surprise of the year i'm gonna have to give it a negative point in what is supposed to be a positive category so just you know for those keeping scores on the doors we're heading towards the earth's core for a certain company here dan take me through what you helped put onto this board
2: Uh, so i hope to put onto the board one of them is uh the undertaker's return one obviously because the undertaker returned as a biker when for (laughs) 10 years we have been you know used to zombie undead you know prince of darkness undertaker which is a surprise in itself if you don't read the sheets like i think we are guilty very much on this show of just believing like just looking at the sheets and going okay well that's everyone knows that no they don't can like you that. imagine how many people who watched WDF, which is millions, going into the playground or going into work the more and going, Jesus Christ, you're going to take us back and he's a fucking biker. Like, I don't think, I think we should probably talk about that more. The fact that we've had such a complete character shift for one of the most wrestlers synonymous with the WWF. And the fact that, yes, it was a pretty impactful turn, even though it was obviously a kind of like, you know, old dull moment when he supposedly saves the rock from the evil Helmsley regime and ends up giving him the title Um, so yeah I think that has to come up as as a surprise of the year but what my vote is going to go for is generally Kurt Angle in 2000 and building on what uh, Lacey talked about earlier when he was discussing how he's much of a worker he is I cannot believe that this man Is this good at everything you need to be good at in wrestling to be successful in just a year? Like, we have had people be WF champion quicker, like Yokozuna and um, I think, um, you know, some of the territory days as well. But to have a guy come in on his debut and a year later be a WF champion, not being a monster, not being this evil foreign heel for the babyface to eventually overcome very quickly... To him being naturally good enough to be considered to be a main eventer because he's a great talker, because he's a dork, because he's a brilliant character, because he can wrestle absolute rings around some of the most blooded veterans in the company already is ridiculous. The fact that he was a WDF champion, the fact that he became the Top guy in a company because even though he kind of lost most of his feuds, he lost to Taz, he lost to the Showster, he lost to WrestleMania, he lost to the, he was squashed by the Undertaker, he lost the Triple H feud, and he's still champion. Why? Because he's that damn good, and this is only his first year. If you can tell me that, the, that Kurt Angle, that you suspected Kurt Angle was going to be a main eventer at his debut, you are lying. And for that reason, he is the surprise of 2000 because, and it's the unexpected surprise because, again, it's outside of debuts, it's outside of returns. I I kind of wanted to give this, like, the Kurt Angle reward because of what he's done this year in 2000 in WWF. He's just been sensationally good and a joyful surprise.
3: Lacey, what we got? So I went with Bikey Take because who would have you know thought that kid rock needed more royalty money <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was one of those of oh is this what i really is like when he's not you know goffing his eyes up um the one that i obviously put into the pick was uh the boom to bust of wcw and ecw um obviously you look last year you look at the money that the Fed made, WCW was still making money where ECW was last year with getting the big TV deal and the pay-per-view numbers they were getting. You would not have seen this 12 months later that ECW doesn't have TV. It is cancelling shows. It's only running pay-per-views at the moment and a couple of TV tapings a month. For hardcore TV you would not think that two companies that yes they're not making the money the Fed were making but they were successful have gone to the wall so quickly yet the Fed are, is a license to print money so it's not like the wrestling bubble has burst it's just these two have gone to the shit and when you look at it as a as a business more than the in ring product and you know, we can see why WCW's gone to shit because look what the fuck they've given us. But ECW's not the quality has not dropped on ECW's TV. The pay per view quality hasn't dropped. It's bad bad behaviour by poorly with the redneck network shit and the oh, this is a shoot, oh, t- turn me off your network. Because TNN went, actually, this wrestling's quite good for ratings. Yeah, we haven't getting the, the push that we should with the WCW, ECW because we've got them on at a re- weird time slot and don't promote it. But I've got all of this money that we want to give to Vince. It's It's been the surprise of, has this end up happening? One thing I will say to uh, Dan's comment on Angle's year the only person that's had a year that good in his first debut year, Taker, back in 91. Some comparison.
0: Chris White, what have we got?
4: So, um, just to run through some of the ones that I didn't necessarily um, nominate. I think WCW and ECW to disappear once you have the story behind the Russoff uh Russof, Russo and Bischoff team up. Um is that that surprising that WCW mm-hmm. after such a decision is going under and ECW, I am by no means an expert, but as we've alluded to on this show, their financial situation has somewhat been questionable at many a time. Um,
3: yeah, Paulie's not a money guy.
4: So the, the most, if I was going to give it to something outside of the WWF, it would have to be the, the Bischoff and Russo one, because the idea that that decision is kind of like the, leads to the domino effect that we could potentially looking at WCW going out of business and maybe being bought by the WWF is a surprise. Um, But I feel like that's a factor of that first pick. Um, Undertaker showing up as a biker is obviously a surprise. This award is really hard because of his vagueness, and I know that's kind of the point, but like that is definitely a surprise. It's probably not as big a surprise as ultimately, like, the demise of an entire wrestling company, Um, or the potential demise at the very least. I also nominated Kurt Angles 2000, and I think that is where I will vote ultimately. Um, Just because, like, in 99, he had a few matches um, and it, it's not even the matches with Curtis; the character. Like he's, as he tells us fairly often, he's an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> oh yeah, we, so he is. We know he's got physical credentials that could, it's, it's not by no means a sure thing, but that could translate to professional wrestling and in his example, it has better than potentially even the biggest of optimists could have hoped for um and as i said earlier he probably will win worker of the year one year on this show but i don't think anyone could have banked on the character and the promo side of kurt it's and he has it's not to this level so i don't mean to overstate it but he has that mick foley versatility like the years ago we used to talk about like this year the commissioner foley promo and you go back to some of the Dark, despairing promos that mankind would cut, and you look and you think, how is that the same guy? Kurt can do that, maybe to a lesser level. He doesn't have a dark character in the ilk of mankind, but like he can cut a serious promo. He can be involved in serious storylines, but then he can also do some really stupid shit with Edge and Christian and make it work. He's got a perfect versatility for the wrestling business that I think he's just like a natural. Like he was, it's like he was born to be a professional wrestler in the wwf in this environment and i think that's surprising um with the vagueness of this ward i think it was going to be really difficult to get any sort of uh consensus and it it really just comes down to personal take but i think for me kurt angle even when you go back to january in the royal rumble and it's like taz comes in and just squashes him outright in like three four minutes by the end of the year but like if you just pause that moment in time and you think one of these guys is going to be WWF champion <laughs> by the end of the year, regardless of what happened with Taz, you, you're not picking Kurt Angle in that situation, like after that match. And it happened to him so many times. It happened with the show. Story, it happened with Undertaker. Every time he bounced back because of how good he is. So for me, that's the biggest surprise of the year.
0: I'll just quickly sweep up with the radicals because I don't think anybody's talked about them. Uh, I'm not sure how they got onto this list, actually, because that had been brewing for a very, very long time. I think it's purely the fact that they joined so soon after Benoit had been the world champion. I mean, by all accounts, he just left his belt with Kevin Sullivan the next day and sodded off. And then they turned up the week later. I would have brought them in and kept them as baby faces. I think their current heel term would have meant a bit more if it was. Regardless, let's get some votes on what we do have. Eric, surprise of the year. (laughs) Bisho. That one didn't catch on. Dan, where are we going? Angle. Mr. Chris Lacey.
3: Technically, two of them are the same. So, like the boom and bust slash Bisho combination, because both of them have caused the downfall.
0: Okey-doke.
3: I'll put that as WCW,
0: because that's the outcome and then chris white angles 2000 not what i'm trying to lead you <laughs> is angles 2000 <2000? laughs> you'd already chosen it yeah um i will save my comments on angle for about 15 20 minutes time because i think we're going to have the same discussion shortly and personally i'm fine with that so there we go so chris lacy the wahoo award for unbearable shit we didn't get a winner on that it Wait, sweet, it? Angles 2000. angle angle 2001 oh there we go okay so you of didn't course. say that it was obvious because I just said we'll talk about Angle again in 15 minutes. I'm trying to keep it interesting for the listeners, Chris. You know, we're going to, we're going to be talking about exactly the same with Kurt Angle in 15-20 minutes' time. I've got to have a bit of suspense. <laughs> Kurt Angle's 2001 Surprise of the Year. Just want to stop talking about the Wahoo. That's what it is, but no. We do have the Wahoo Award for Unbearable Shitness. Lacey, as I say, this is the third time we've had this award. Do tell the listeners, presuming they're still with us, what this award
3: represents. So... Wahoo McDaniel, the biggest shit-stain on 70s and 80s wrestling, (laughs) and the bane of my existence for the run of Super Bowls, is, in my opinion, the worst thing to happen to wrestling ever. Well, until recently. (laughs) And as such, we have an award named after the great gentleman For everything that encompasses what's utter shit and needs to die in wrestling. And as such, the Wahoo Award.
0: Which Dan Willing will get to talk about first. And we have four nominations. Mae Young. Vince Russo. Well, well. The Big Show. And the aforementioned Biker Undertaker. So then, Dan, get your teeth into that.
2: Sorry to May Young, Big Show, and Undertake, but you're not even in the same orbit as (laughs) this other person. He's a talentless hack, an emotionally retarded buffoon, entirely (laughs) devoid of wit, nuance, or anything resembling a functioning brain cell. A writer of stunning incompetence whose booking style catered almost exclusively for the tiny minority of the most vocal fan base and still managed time after time after time to piss them off and make them angrily turn on him and their as a product, resulting in massive ratings downfall and almost the death of the company. He's a malformed rat, clumsily unable to to be safe in the ring when willingly taking huge bumps and then moans about the dangers of wrestling poses. However, he's too stupid, hateful, and whiny to take pity on, and I wish he'd come to the realisation he's a simmering dump of pig sewage so he'd stop polluting the industry with garbage dumpster juice he professes to be high-quality wrestling booking. If Vince Russo does not win this award, something is terribly wrong.
0: And for those of you who are wondering, that is why Notepad is loaded onto your computer. Lacey, you now have the... Pause for applause and quite rightly so. (laughs) Lacey, you came up with this award and now you could say that's your bed made and it is something you need to lie in because you've got to follow Dan Welling. So...
3: We'll, we'll, we'll just, just go through the other three quickly. So May Young, what's she done other than get a tits out at the Royal Rumble? <laughs> yeah, fuck just off. Is that not bad enough? <laughs> it's awful, but that's what the fast forward buttons for. None of us stayed up till what two in the morning to watch it. So, you know, Channel Four she thankfully for- put the X's <laughs> on it. It's fine. We then have the big show. Who can't be counted for this? For one reason and one reason only, Showster. He mocked Hogan and did it better than Hogan. He can't be fucking put into this. Taker, yes, Taker had a lacklustre year. He didn't look like he even really wanted to be there. But, you know, he's getting on a bit and, you know, he wants to chew his backer and ride his bikes. That's fine. I'd go for a beer and a jack with him any time. So he can't have this either. God, so rich. we go to <laughs> cuntface. face. <laughs> Ah, oh, ah, oh, ah! Oh. Vinny, Vinny Russo. So, let's 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 go through his uh, his wonderful ideas. Turning Goldberg heel. That was a clever bit of decision making there. Then we have let's put everything on a pole. Fuck that! Let's get a forklift, cause a pole's not good enough. Then we have the infamous. Moments with Hogan at Bash at the Beach. Oh, I'm going to come out and tell Ho- tell Jarrett to lay down so Hogan can get his wing, and then have his little rant afterwards of I don't even want to be here. My life's so bad. Then his ego just just goes further to the point where you know he has to give himself the help because because of course. Because wrestling's all, all, the belts are just props. It's fine. Thus the 27 title changes in a year. And then, just to top it off, he, he puts himself in that massive cage match. Oh, you know, fucking, just showing up. The actual hard work that wrestlers do. You have killed WCW, Vince Russo. WCW... I, I I will put money on it that WCW will not be here by the time we do this next year and it's his fault and fuck you Vince Russo and because of you I'm tempted to change this next year to the Vince Russo, concept of Russo, bag of shit award.
2: This is the dynamic we bring, Lacey brings the vitriol, I bring the poetry.
3: but put them
0: together and what beautiful music you make and chris white you've got to follow that
4: i dare not touch vince russo after that i i mean i'm gonna tell you now i'm voting for him but i i like my only note i've made for this show for this award for russo was please can we rename this award so i'm throwing my name in the hat for that rename there lacy so uh I I, I think it needs to be done. Look, Mae Young gave birth to a hand. Um, I don't know if she remembers that, because it was a long time ago, but she gave birth to a fucking hand. (laughs) Yeah, but she didn't write that script. That is true. Then, uh, okay, yes, she's not going to win it. Look, she took that powerbomb from the Dudleys like a champ, and she has had some god-awful segments this year. But I almost feel bad for her being on this list because of that power bomb. Those power bombs, I should say. The Big Show, on the other hand, what the fuck? Like <laughs> he has had since Survivor series last year, he has been the bane of my life on <laughs> a WFT.
0: this category, he, I'll tell you.
4: So bad. Like uh, I don't even care that it's not this year. Like I, I'm I'm never gonna get over 99 Survivor Series. Like I'll never get past.
0: We we There's know like, we, we know Chris. We know
4: <laughs> he it's like the the, yeah, the whole storyline with the fucking death of his father and the big boss man, and then they just put him in the main event, and then oh my god, I I don't wanna go. Yeah, and then he won the title, and he was like the most boring champion. Like. He was so bad, and all of his matches were shit. WrestleMania was so bad, and he was in the main event for, what, like, five minutes? And it was, like, I swear, most of the match being bad was him. Like, and he was in it for it a 45-minute match, and he, he was so terrible. Um, I want to do something a little bit different for the last person on this list, which is The Undertaker, and because Lacey um introduce this award i think it's only fair that for the undertaker i can throw to rory to just give me like a quick 30 seconds because when we did that show with the undertaker kurt ankle match you had some things to say about (laughs) the undertaker we're a few months removed now and i just want to know where you're at rory
0: i don't think he really deserves another rant off the fully loaded caliber to be honest there have been other ones about other people in the last five minutes who as bad as they are have been more deserving Go back and listen to the fully loaded show if you really want to hear my thoughts on this current iteration. I'm very... <sighs> I'm, 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 I'm even there, I still need to do the breathe out after it. It was uh, the, the rage is incalculable, and I helped him onto his list by the way, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> really.
4: I'm voting for Vince Russo, and the most damning thing from a WWF perspective I can say for Vince Russo is, fuck you, Vince, making it that I can't vote the big show for this award. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's
0: that's virulent. (laughs) Eric, please bring this one home. Hold on.
1: First things first, Order of Business is the official barrister of the Wrestling 20 Years Ago universe. (laughs) I'd like to motion. Uh, I would like to move to the committee to officially rename the Wahoo Award the Russo Award. Can I get eyes from the committee, please?
3: Aye, aye. It is
1: hereby. The eyes have it. This is hereby the Russo Award, who will win his own award this year. And here's the thing about Vince Russo: if he was just an on-screen character, he would win this award. I think he's a good promo, but the like as far as his like skill and ability to deliver a wrestling promo, but the stuff that comes out of his mouth is so bad and so contradictory to what we want out of a wrestling product. And then he puts himself in the ring, and he just gets concussed constantly. And then he comes to the ring in a fucking football jersey and a hockey jersey, and he doesn't even root for the teams where he's from. Like, can we talk about that for a minute? So he's just that type of person, too. So just him as an on-screen character uh, wins this award. The fact that he's the idea man behind all of this, man, I've never I've never been more sure of anything in my life. Russo wins the Russo Award.
0: Clean sweep. And the whole thing about Russo is, I think, even now, after he finally jacked it all in two months ago, he still probably believes he's right. He won't listen to criticism. Wouldn't then, wouldn't now. And as Thomas Paine famously said, and if anybody knows about common sense, it's our boy Tomo. To argue with a person who has renounced the use of reason is like administering medicine to the dead. Vince Russo wins the Vince Russo Award. Home straight. And now good things. Only good things. Best match. We have Triple H versus Cactus Jack from the Royal Rumble. We have Triple H versus The Rock from Backlash. And we have our three-way TLC match at SummerSlam. Lacey, going to come to you first, but for this category Amber final two, going to open it up a little bit more because, in a way, we've talked about a lot of these already. So a good few minutes of just free discussion on these matches, I think, before we vote.
3: But uh, you can go ahead first, mate. So first things first, I'm getting rid of the one that doesn't deserve to be here. Triple H Rock is overbooked cluster Me? of just
2: there's no there, need.
3: There, there was no need for fucking all of it. There was no need for Patterson and Briscoe coming out being the fake refs. There was no need for fucking Linda to wander down with Hebner. Austin's coming back with the wonderful chair shots. That's the only good bit of the match is when Austin comes in, hit you, hit you, hit you very much and walks off. It got the pop, but it's not a decent match. It plods at points and it's overbooked. We then have TLC, which is a car crash in a ring and is amazing. It shows what all of these guys can do. They all get their shit in. They all do shit that is massively impressive. And most other years would win. But the winner, Cactus versus Hunter, it is... Brutal. It has Cactus being as hardcore as he can. The only moment of interference is when Rock comes out, which just means they can undo the handcuffs. There's callbacks to their earlier matches from years before with the running knees from the the original MSG one. There's a callback to last year's Rumble main event with the handcuffs and multiple chair shots. You see the barbed wire, bat. There's thumbtacks. The fact that Hunter does pretty much all of this match, pissing blood into his boots, because he has a fucking shard of a pallet in his leg, that was millimeters away from ripping the muscle, just shows a determination of how much he wanted to keep going in that match. It was brutal. Yet, classily done and shows what two people can do and storytelling, and is easily the match of the year. Triple H rock. <laughs> Nothing else happened in that match. I mean, come on, you've got the
0: rock doing a double rock bottom to Triple H and Shane through the table, and that's even before you cut to Vince's reaction to it. There's a difference between overbooking and a lot of booking. This was the latter, in my opinion. Anyway, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Chris White, best match.
4: So I'm going to start with Backlash, because I actually... This is a spoiler alert for my vote. I agree with Lacey. I'm going to vote the same way as Lacey. But... I disagree with Lacey on Backlash. I think that was a near perfect, as close to perfect as you're ever going to see, WWF style main event. And what I mean by that, WWF style is like WWF style, like 97 to now, basically. And this main event had all of the highlights, all of the keynotes, and it hit all of them at the right time. It had the story leading into it. And I was a big proponent of like, we should have just done this at Mania. Like we we should have just had this at WrestleMania and then WrestleMania would have been so much better. But like this match was better for having WrestleMania there, like and being a disappointment. And it sounds like counterintuitive, but it's, it's it's just true. Like the story played out better and we had a better payoff for it. Um, all of it was so good. Like the the this is like the match of the year if the match of the year is done around booking, and it's like. All of the stuff with Earl leading into it was so good, and Earl and Hunter, and then um, Vince is that like peak Mr. McMahon level character again. Um, I thought the match was better than decent, like bell to bell as well in the ring. Like the action's really good between the two, and I would say is a really good match between the two men. Definitely their best in my book. And then you have that finish, which ultimately is like that WWF style of the last two, three years. Austin comes in. Surprised, huge pop, probably pop of the year. Boston comes in with a chair, lays out six or seven people and leaves. And like JR is perfect on commentary during that. Hunter gets up. And even like I'm not the king's biggest fan by any means, but him on commentary is rock hits that spine buster after is like genuinely sends chills down my spine. It was so good. It was so good. It's not the match of the year for me because the action bell to bell is what i will judge this category on but that was perfect wwf main event style in my book tlc was like something from another planet really compared to that these are three really different matches it's a it's a car crash it's a spectacle and i think it like this match alone. I mean, we had the No Mercy match last year. We've had the we had the match at WrestleMania this year. Like they, this this team. I, we say it time and time again, but like, the, people are going to remember them forever because of like like even if you just say the word letters at TLC to a wrestling fan, they're going to remember this match forever. It was that good. The match of the year for me has to be Triple H and Cactus though. That street fight at the Rumble was so good, and it had the intensity, and like the personal like rivalry behind the match which elevates it to me because the, the the one thing about backlash is that the the man's and patterson briscoe hebner might have watered it down a bit compared to this feud at this point and i know we had like the radicals and stuff like like um but it <laughs> cactus and hunter is like just a brutal match that you don't get to see in the WWF. And I think that level of a fight for the WWF championship at one of the big four pay-per-views with like some of the spots we see with the handcuffs and the thumbtacks, the pedigree on the tax and like all of it, it stands out as unique. Backlash was like the epitome of a WWF style. And this was something different. So that's for me, the distinction I draw and give my votes to Triple H and Cactus Jack for the Royal Rumble.
0: Eric, our three matches of the year.
1: Yeah, I'll be quick about it. For me, it was between Fully Triple H, uh, TLC, and you know TLC is not my style of match, but like you can't deny it. that was just incredible. Like first time we've ever seen anything like that. Uh, I mean, the WrestleMania match is kind of a primer for it, but the WrestleMania match is kind of like a demo, and then the the TLC was kind of your your polished you know LP is the kind of way I look at it, and I'm not going to ignore something that isn't my favorite type of wrestling when it's objectively incredible, and it was. So for me, that third slot came down to Rock versus Triple H at Backlash and Rock versus Angle at No Mercy. And to me, those are very similar type of matches in that Triple H is there, uh, Rock is there, uh, and then his his opponent is different. uh, And the similar style of that WWF kind of quote-unquote overbooked or or heavily booked uh, finish, a lot of interference, this and that, I kind of agree with everybody in that I think this was a good match, and I wish this had been the WrestleMania main event. But I wish it had been a little bit, a little bit less convoluted. Uh, so I think on onto something there. I think they just did a little too much. Austin coming in at the end was spectacular. <sighs> Tough to say. I would have gone with Rock Angle slightly ahead of it. Uh, I think that was a little Kurt Engel's coming out party a little bit. But for me, yeah, I, I fall in line with everybody else. To me, it's it's fully Triple H and everybody else.
0: Dan, still need your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more of a divide, really. Uh, we've we've done Me this too. a few done this a few times now, and generally it falls in the Eric and Lacey go for more of the wrestling and like the structure of a match, whereas Chris and I go for spectacle. So, yeah, I was expecting a bit more of a divide on here. Um, Dan, would
1: would you say that 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 Royal Rumble main event kind of encapsulated everything that we all like and that's why it was so good
2: yes it's it's like i think if you had to to like give it the the proverbial kind of like snowflakes i think tlc is a better the is a better constructed match and it's probably like more awe-inspiring and something again i think chris made a very good point where if you just said tlc now it's now instantly iconic and that's incredibly difficult to do i think the only match that's done that since is Hell in a Cell, thanks to Mick Foley. But wrestling is not just about spectacle. It's not just about what people are doing. It's how much emotion you draw out of your audience. No match, I don't think, has done that for a long time more and better than Cactus Triple H. Like Even the little thing like like Cactus's stare at Triple H just before the bell rings, as if to say, you are going to be in a world of pain and he delivers on it. Like just a little thing like Rick Foley actually getting in offense is like, it shouldn't be that much of a barometer, but he's been such a punching bag for about two years. that to see him actually brutalize someone who isn't known for being like a Terry Funk or, or an least like a Dreamer or a Sandman, just someone who's hit with barbed wire, bleeding from a leg, pile driven through tables. Yeah. It's just, one of those matches that I think you could you just get sucked into because of how brilliant the the performance and the match structure is and how invested the crowd are like Cactus kicking out from the first pedigree and the crowd come unglued thinking that they're going to finally get it done but then Triple H hits that pedigree on the fucking tacks and gets the win like that, that's one of the most dangerous finishing spots at the same time is like doesn't seem as dramatic as something like TLC does. Yeah, it would have, I would have voted for Cactus and Triple H as well, as good as TLC is. And I'm really sorry that TLC had to be in, a, in the same year as this match. I think the only other year I think of it is, is this much of a contest in 97 with, with Bretton, Austin versus Taker and Michaels. Um, there's two matches that would truly deserve to be a match of the year winner, but one's got to take the award. For me, it's still Cactus and Trips.
0: Yep, so that looks like a clean sweep to me. Triple H, Cactus at the Rumble. Fine by me. I'm, I'm sure you were hoping I was going to say. Not but it matters, but of course it does. 25 minutes that match lasts for. And there's not an ounce of fat on it. Everything they do, and it's a very large everything, needs to be there. And we've praised him to the skies over the last three hours. Also must be said, not an ounce of fat on Foley either. Which, considering where he was just six weeks beforehand, is quite the feat. You know how important this match was to him. It, it was... Yes, he Up a No Way Out match and the WrestleMania one. But this was his real last hurrah as the in-ring Cactus Jack McFurley. and oh, my God, what a way to go out on. And he made Triple H. The man himself might not admit it, but he really did. We don't have the remaining 11 months Triple H had if it's not for that match. So you know who to blame. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Triple H cactus, a deserving winner of our best match of the year. And TLC not winning means we do not have a ladder match victorious for three successive years. So there you go, stat fans. (laughs) (laughs) Still bitter. So then, best show of the year. Chris White, I'm gonna come to you first. All WWF shows, as I'm sure you would expect. We've got the Royal Rumble again. We've got Backlash and we've got Fully Loaded. Again, we feel like we talked about a lot of these. Maybe not Fully Loaded, but certainly the first two. But Chris, just take us through these three.
4: Yes, I'll start with Fully Loaded. Probably the one we've covered the least. The Rock versus Chris Benoit is a very, very, very good main event. And just before that, you have Triple H versus Chris Jericho, which I think was the match of the night. That was a great rivalry between the two. And I think that match delivered. I think at the time we were a little bit... Disappointed, but not surprised that uh, Chris Jericho was uh, down for the 10 count at the end of the match. Um, But yeah, that was fantastic. Those two put this show on this list. I could never vote for a show that had that Undertaker Kurt Angle match on it. No. <laughs> it wasn't like an egregious squash, like it wasn't even just a squash like like say say the Royal Rumble's on here, and so is Backlash actually. So we've praised Kurt Angle to the heavens, but these these three shows are three Kurt Angle squash matches. Very um, good w- point. Um and uh but this one was the, the most offensive. Um I, I think at the point where taz beats him at the rumble that's not that's not so much the kurt angle that we see for the rest of the year that's kurt angle eight weeks in and he's finding his spot on the card like uh, by this point kurt angle had been a prominent and important part of wwf tv and that match with the undertaker could have derailed so much of what he had done and you know what he's too good so it didn't but I couldn't on no all good conscience vote for that show. So when I look at the other two, we've got the Royal Rumble and we have backlash. The Royal Rumble it has to be said, and this is just me. It has something special about being at MSG. It does. Uh, Taz and Kurt Angle was a fantastic opener and there's probably not too many ways to debut a guy better than how they did Taz here. Uh, the tables match between the Hardys and the Hardys and the Dudleys is very good. And then obviously we have Triple H Cactus and a good royal rumble match itself but i don't think necessarily a great one um and and to me that that leaves backlash and uh that's where i i'm gonna fall on this and backlash felt like the show wrestlemania should have been when i look back at this year it is just the pay-per-view i remember the most and so much of that will be all the praise i gave the main event in the last one sort of all encompasses this show Um, and as as good as the Royal Rumble was we had that Triple H Cactus match and then we had like an hour to go where we had a Royal Rumble match which is often quite plodding and I think it's probably just (laughs) it's going to be tough for a Royal Rumble pay-per-view to to win show of the year because I love a Royal Rumble, they're great for surprises, they're great for building a guy, They're, they're not often the most exciting hour of wrestling um so i think it's going to be tough for a royal rumble to ever win this award so for me uh, the best one with that main event the rock triple h and all the interference austin coming out we had that jericho uh chris memoir and jericho had a great match as well on that show and uh for fans of the big show the like, one of you that are out there we had the, the showster so i mean i i feel like it had a bit of everything and it, for me categorically the show of the year eric show of the year
0: I just want to say
1: I voted for Royal Rumble 97 as the show of the year for that year. So, Chris, I feel you, uh, but I'm trying. And I'll try again here. Yeah, Backlash was a good show, but for me, and this is just me, I'm not saying this is going to impact anybody else's vote. The fact that it should have been WrestleMania, it wasn't. Like To me, like it was a good show, but I think the Royal Rumble in itself stood out as a, an incredible show. I the, I mean, we've just spent 15 minutes talking about the the world title match. That that tag team tables match. Go back and watch it. It's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle with the matches that came after it. But if you want to talk about planting the seed for for the, the summer, or for the WrestleMania ladder match and the TLC match at SummerSlam, that match was kind of it. And it's pretty good. And that's spot with Jeff Hardy jumping off the ramp with that the way that the uh, the camera faces at MSG with the uh, entrance way, it just looks cool. And I think there's absolutely something to be said for the like the aura of MSG uh, considering the history of the WWF. Um the other two shows, yeah, I think Fully Loaded uh deserves to be discussed because it was a good show. And frankly, the history of the the, the the short history of Fully Loaded as a as an event is not a real pristine one. So the fact that they came out this year with a pretty well banger show was, was awesome. And yeah, Backlash was good, but I wish it had been WrestleMania. Uh you know, we're running that towards the end, so we gotta get our shit in here. And I just wanna shout out guilty as charged. It's probably the best DCW show of the year in my opinion. Um If you look at it on paper, you look at the event and even you look at the reviews, you're not going to get a lot of a lot of positivity. But I think that was the best ECW show this year. There were no good WCW shows this year. And and for me, uh, the WWF really deserved the clean sweep in this category. uh, And for me, I think I do love a Royal Rumble. And and for me, that that weights it kind of heavily in in that direction. But, uh, Chris, I think your arguments for Backlash and Fully Loaded are, are, are sound
0: vote for the rumble dan your thoughts and vote on best show
2: uh i can't vote for Fully loaded one because kurt angle got squashed, but two is because everyone seems to love the last man standing Matt, and i <laughs> Here we go again yeah. i generally think it's good but not that great and that generally tips it into show the year territory for most people and i can't see it for what that's just i know it's a minority opinion i know it just but this is my personal vote so it comes down to Rumble versus Backlash for me, um, and yeah, I, I kind of on the same lines as Chris, really, in that, yes, you have got the match of the year, and I'm so glad that Eric mentioned it as well with the tables match, because that is an absolutely brilliant match, and again, it gets lost because of Edge and Christian not being involved in it. But you also, you know, and, and Taz's debut is obviously brilliant, but that kind of does lose a little bit of his luster because of how terrible his run was that throughout the rest of the year. And yeah I, i'm kind of on the same line as chris in that yes that it wasn't a particularly good rumble like i don't i don't that like everyone knew it was going to win it was going to be the rock and it wasn't as entertaining as 1998 or 1996 in, for my opinion so as good as that one match show is in terms of um cactus triple h i don't think it's enough really to, to overtake backlash which had so much variety on it like one, again, I think one of the biggest things I've, I've come to think about how why WDF has been so good this year is because of how much variety it has. Comedy with the showster. Decent tag team wrestling with, with a variety of the tag division on show. You know, Crash Holly and the, and the hardcore title. You know, it wasn't the showcase it you could have been, but it was still good. But then you still have very good wrestling on it. You've got Benoit and Jericho, a little hidden gem in D. Malenko, Scotty to Hottie, which was my little dose of cruiserweight action um that i love and i didn't mention it in the must in the in the best match category but i i loved triple h rock for what it delivered in terms of wwf feel good moment and a feel good match and Austin coming out etc and i don't think that just because it wasn't wrestlemania we should punish it for that for that reason personally so i would be going for backlash it's probably my it's not probably the best show I've seen, but it's one of my favourites.
0: Always important. Lacey, it's down to you to talk about best show and
3: to give us a vote. Fully Loaded was decent. Yes, you know, we've all got our crosses to bear with the taker angle. But, you know, I enjoyed it Anchors, because, you know, it was in the school holidays I uh, did stay up and watch it at, on Channel Four with the weird advert breaks in the middle of matches. <laughs> Backlash, I don't get the love for the show that everyone else seems to have. You know, I've already said my piece on the main event. You know, yes, you know, Big Show being Hulk Hogan was fun. Their Hardcore match was fun for the few spots they did off the swinging part of the entrance but it yeah it was it was w by numbers now the rumble my boy had his moment in the sun i'm going to ignore everything that happened after the fact but my boy has had his moment in the sun in his big debut the dudleys had their first proper moment where we saw the dudleys be the dudleys in the fed We've already spoke about the, the main event, the match of the year. I enjoyed the tag title match between the APA and the Outlaws. It was a fun, hard-hitting, five-minute match. And the actual Rumble itself was easily one of the best Rumbles since 97. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there, Chris. I think we're really underselling the
1: Rumble this year. Oh.
3: It's, oh, it, the thing is, it's... I would say top three Rumbles, because obviously 92 is the best Rumble, then 97.
2: What world is that top three? So,
3: so, so can I... What, in I'm terms of gonna, a
2: pay-per-view or in terms of a Rumble match? The actual Rumble match. Rumble match. So can Rory, I just run... Chris White. Chris White. I'll call Chris White. Chris
4: White. So I'm just going to go through the entrance in order, the first 12. So this takes us over halfway through the match's runtime, okay? D'Lo, Grandmaster Sexy, Mosh, Christian, Rikishi, Scotty2Hotty, Steve Blackman, Viscera, Big Boss Man, Test, British Bulldog, Gangrel. That's so half an hour of action.
1: Didn't Rikishi eliminate, like, all those dudes? And then wasn't he in the main event at the end of the year? So can't you argue that Rikishi's performance in the main event elevated him to, or in the Royal Rumble, elevated him he to main event status? Rikishi being in static?
4: the main event was nominated for worst booking. So that is a check mark against the Royal Rumble.
0: <laughs> yeah. That Rumble, I wouldn't call it a bore, but it's a slog. It gets after a second, after, Rikishi, so after Rikishi's good. elimination, Rikishi's set of eliminations, very impressive. Did set him on, on the run, so we all know how that ended up, but very impressive. What they needed to be, the big guy throwing guys out. Then what else have you got until The Rock wins? Oh, you've got Taka Michinoka landing face first on the map. And Jerry Lawler calling him Chinese. <laughs> Nothing else happens in that Rumble. I know I don't get a vote in this, but nothing else happens in it. But yeah, but in fairness to the and the rock comes and the, the rock, the 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 rock comes going, in boring. the rock comes in too late as well. The rock comes okay, in, too in too late. Yeah, but in fairness
1: later. to the rumble, it did have that taco spot. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking racist Jerry Lawler, God's sake.
3: So yeah, <laughs> all right, rumble gets my pick. So yeah, it's down at you. So Lacey top, and I yeah. are
1: swimming upstream here.
3: Yeah, Backlash is best show of the year. So let's move on. Shall
1: <laughs> there you go, Rory.
0: There's no, there's no debate to be. I, I did vote for the Rumble in my top three. It must be said. But Backlash, Backlash B-level pay-per-view. That fucking good. No debate. N- n- no discussion to be had. You c- I can almost look past the "this should have been WrestleMania" argument, although that one has a lot of credence to it. Backlash is just a great show top to bottom and a B-level pay-per-view. I said it on the show and I say it again. You cannot and should not justifiably ask for more than almost any WWF pay-per-view on that, let alone a B-1. Backlash, best show of the year. No question. That was fun, wasn't it? Right, shall we do this again for MVP of the year? Because I think we're going to. Final category of What A Way To Finish our overall everything person of the year and it comes down to these three guys. It comes down to The Rock, Triple H comes down to Kurt Angle We've talked about him a lot at length in various categories already but this is the blue ribbon one one of these men is going to walk away with the award at the end of the night and who's going to start us off Eric yes, is going to start us off
2: oh come on I've got a rant be, already. I'll be quick You're about right. it. No, yeah,
0: no yeah, Dan, you started with a rant earlier. Eric's gonna start. Just store it up. Come on, Eric's I, going. I
1: don't. I. I don't have much of a rant here. Uh, I think. I think we've. We've. We've litigated Triple H and Angle enough. You know, Triple H. I think had the most defensible run of main event wrestling that we've seen in, in in some time. Um, I was thinking about this during our break, and I kind of. I kind of think that if 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 we were doing this, if we had done this in nineteen. 89. I think we would come to a similar result that that I'm going to defend here. And that I don't think if we did this in 1989 or 1990, so 10 years ago, we'll just take it back a decade, I think we would have been uniform, somewhat uniform, that Ric Flair would have been Worker of the Year, right? I would uh, agree with that. Right, right. And Triple H, to me, was the Worker of the Year. But there's not a universe in which Hulk Hogan does not win MVP of, of that year. And I think we have a very similar situation here where we have a distinction between a worker and an MVP. And to me, Kurt Angle, his time will come, but it was not the year 2000. I think this this is a vote of confidence for him moving forward. But I think he's clearly the third choice here. And I think Triple H had a good year in ring, the best year in ring. But to me, if you put together star power, if you put together like the WWF, I think when it, when all the accounting is done, it's probably going to have its best year ever. It's going to be this year or last year, and it's probably going to be this year. And the guy that was on top of that for most of the year as far as promos, as far as drawing power, as far as crowd participation, as far as who is the guy that everybody wanted to see, and I think it's The Rock. I don't think The Rock is as good of an in-ring worker as Triple H or Kurt Angle. I don't think The Rock is... As, as much of a draw as like an Austin, for example. But I think in the year 2000 that we're looking back on now, the last 12 months, you look at a guy who won the Rumble, he was in the main event of WrestleMania, he was the main event of the best show of the year, and he won. He then proceeded to have several other very uh, affluent spots in the card. He gave Kurt Angle the rub uh, later in the year. And I just think that the WWF in 2000 without The Rock is a completely different thing because Triple H doesn't have anybody to bounce off middle of the year there's nobody to give Kurt Angle that rub there's nobody to kind of work in as that like stu- as that superstar and I think my analogy applies I think if we do this in 1990 Flair wins worker of the year and Hogan wins MVP of the year and I think we have an exact situation here just they happen to be in the same company whereas I think The Rock is not a good a worker but I think he's absolutely the MVP of the year if you factor in all of his metrics
0: OK, right. I can't. I'm not going to make you wait any longer, Dan. You've, you've clearly been working onto this one. Take a, open up your second
2: notepad page and let it rip. I haven't, I haven't written. I haven't written that out this time. I must admit. <laughs> it's not as, it was not as it's not as not as uh, Yeah. Just because I think, yeah, Eric has summed this up very well. And that like we have missed Stone Cold Steve Austin for an entire year. The biggest star in wrestling for over 10 years since the Hulk, the height of Hulkamania. No one missed him at all. Like Chris, did we ever go, Oh, this show could really do some with some Steve Austin right now. And yes, his return of backlash was awesome. But the reason why like we cared so much about it was because we wanted to see the rock win the WF title so much because he was that much of a top guy. He has got all-round ability in droves. Maybe not as good a worker as Kurt, but he's close. He may, he's probably the best worker top guy that WF have had you know, since Sean and Brett. He's got his more. He obviously hasn't got as much limitations as Austin. He has evolved his promos to not just be catchphrase, 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 but now just be more flowing, top guy level babyface. And we know how good The Rock is on the microphone. We've known it for three years, and he's now probably at the best he's been on the microphone and what i love the most about him really is that he doesn't seem to have that baggage of that mentality the old school mentality of i have got to hold this spot whatever it takes and i don't care who i have to screw over to get it the undertaker's doing that austin started doing that since he's come back and trips because if it's old school mining with the click is, is already doing that backstage the rock's just like yeah cool I'll I'll put over Angle. I'll make Rikisha look like a tank at Survivor Series. I will lose to WrestleMania clean, even though I should really be winning this. And you can maybe potentially say that's got that maybe will set him back. But when he's this good, when he's this much of a draw, he doesn't care. Like he's he's ha- he knows he's the man. He knows that this company has made millions off his name this year, and he is probably now on par with Austin in terms of how much the crowd are invested in him. And the reason why Austin is so popular right now is because obviously he's been not been around for 10 months. Would he would he be this good if Austin wasn't here? Probably not. If Austin was here, sorry. But the company has not missed their biggest drawing power in 10 years because they've got The Rock here. And Triple H wouldn't be as good a heel as he would be without a brilliant babyface to go up against. And I think, yeah, The Rock has been just has held this company high aloft this year like think about it as well from survivor series the rock has generally been the only big, big baby face they've had the undertaker went away Manco- mick foley was going through retirement and had one last song, swan song shall we say chris knows how bad the big show has been as a top guy kane fell away xbox couldn't get elevated and it was too early for Angle, Jericho or Benoit, The Rock was the only guy they had that they really could build a feud around the top here with and he delivered in spades. We were calling last year for someone to step up and challenge Austin as the face of wrestling and The Rock has met it in spades. I think he's been truly spectacular as a, as a pure babyface, and yeah, he's the MVP for me.
0: Looking good for Dwayne at the moment. Lacey, what have we got MVP? Reminder, Rock, Triple H, Angle.
3: So, Angle, it's too early for him. He should have won worker of the year because of his in work, but he can't win the most valuable person in the Fed. I don't think Rock wins it either. Personally, Rock has had a great 12 months, and I'm not going to doubt that, yes, he's the poster boy for the Fed because, obviously you always put the good guy as the poster boy. Only in the NWA would you ever do it with flair. But if you look back, whenever the Fed have had a heel champion, they've never been the poster boy. Hunter has basically made this year be whoever they want to put in there as the next up coming for the title count. Whether it would be Foley, whether it be Rock, whether it be... His feud with Jericho. He has elevated those around him to the main event level where, as everyone has said, no one's missed Austin this year. You wouldn't have had that a year ago, two years ago, with any of the heels who had the belt. Taker, Kane, Heel Rock, none of them could be the guy that you put in there and as a heel can carry the company. As we've, we've said many times before, the Fed is a face company. For a heel to have the year that Hunter's had, and we can go back, because I know Chris likes to go back into 99, even then that, that was where it began And he has just kicked on so much this year that he is the MVP. Oh, my. I didn't think that was going to turn
0: that way. Chris White, bit of pressure. Rocks, Triple H, Angle, again, are the choices?
4: Yeah, I'm really torn. Um, I am exactly the same boat as everyone with Angle. Uh, His time will come. This is his, for all intents and purposes, debut year it's his first full year as a professional wrestler
0: i think he's done brilliantly just i think he's done brilliantly absolutely brilliantly to get onto this list as mvp and much like being a main adventure world champion he doesn't feel out of place on this list
4: oh no it's it's well deserved and with him which strikes me is the the character promo side of it which is less of a guarantee than the in-ring considering his background and yeah he's absolutely fantastic it's really tough with the other two um, I look through the year, and I think Hunter and Foley, Hunter and Rock, Hunter and Jericho, Hunter and Angle, and then to close it out, we've got some Hunter and Austin. And I think, well, he's the. How can he not be the most valuable to the WWF this year? But I, I think this category, and it, and it kind of goes back to the Flair Hogan analogy. Like this category most valuable is always going to lend itself to a babyface. I think because it's going to be someone that the fans are behind. If if you just paused now and just said, whatever situation WCW were in, just, just someone mystery person X buys them tomorrow and says, right, we're just keeping nitro going. We're going to do like a, God forbid, a reset. And we've, we can sign either the rock or we can sign triple H. They're going to sign the rock. Aren't they? Like, no one who who would pick Triple H in that situation he 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 is the most valuable person they've got on their roster because Stone Cold Steve Austin's been away and he's the guy that the fans root for they root against Hunter but I don't think that carries a company even though it's carried a lot of main events I, I think I uh, I'm going to I was earlier today. I was sure I was going to pick Triple H in this category and I was going to defend it. And now I I think I'm leaning towards the rock. But. I, 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 I just think that he. Is now on Austin's level, whereas maybe after a face run and maybe it just comes down to the face heel dynamic and the nature of this category. But I do not think Triple H is. And I think the most valuable person the WWF have got is The Rock. And considering the year he's had, he's been spoken about too, or nowhere near enough on this show. No, probably not. So I think I'm going to go that way, but I'm not 100% sure. Still.
0: Yeah, just to give you a little bit of time Chris to make your decision. I do wonder if in the years going ahead this could be one we split into two categories and outright have best baby face and best heel under the MVP auspices. Having a live production meeting here on air after 4 hours. I think that might be the way to go because I do think you're right. Even here in 2000 and the business is not what it was even 4 years ago. Or what being a baby face means, and leading the company, and all of that, and kissing babies—all of that game—you are still the face in every literal and metaphorical sense of the company. And as such, in the most literal sense again, you are going to be the most valuable. You're the ma- you're the name on the marquee. You're the smiling face on the posters. Ultimately, you're the one selling tickets, and people are going to buy tickets to watch you win. Think Nobody's really going to buy tickets to watch a heel lose. So I do wonder if we need to break this one down in a year's time. But we can think about it then. Let's get some final picks. I think I know where we're going, but I want to make sure we've got this absolutely right for our blue ribbon category, especially as it might not exist next year. Eric, MVP of the year. Rock. Dan. Rock. Lacey. And Chris White, back with you. I'm going to go with The Rock. The Rock takes it. When I first sent out the nomination papers about three or four weeks ago, I'll be honest with you. I thought, well, this was going to be the top three, and they ran away with it in the early voting. Of course they did. I actually thought The Rock was going to come in a fairly distant third in this category. I'm not saying he should have done. That's how I thought it was going to shake down. I've said that a lot today. And I thought it was gonna be Triple H and Angle fighting it out one more time. But in the end the Rock has won it here, again, fairly comfortably, despite Lazy's best efforts. I but think
2: just yeah, go sorry. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, there, go no, go ahead. I was I think that we've it's been it's very well evened out across all three. I think angle winning the surprise and like generally yes. the awesome ward some you know, recognises how good he's been. Trips winning worker of the year, I did not expect that, but it makes perfect sense for the variety of stuff and the body of work he's done and the I rock don't... like if the rock went away without an award oh that'd be a travesty would it yeah, be, be... no it can't it couldn't happen um and yeah i think i don't know i don't know maybe like splitting the categories i know back in the early days we were voting for cactus in 95 and I've, i'm pretty sure sean didn't win 96 so we don't necessarily need to have a babyface winning it, but I think Sean did not win '96. Thank you for uh, rehashing that.
0: <laughs> Sean did win MVP in '96. That's the whole point. That's what Bamba's still, still salty to use his own word. He wanted Scott Hall oh to yeah win he wants,
2: Yes, that's the whole point. But oh like, man,
0: I've, I, it's the
1: Mandela effect. He's 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 done it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, think, go, go, I think I down. think
2: since wrestling has become such a money-making machine. The MVP award has moved away from all-round ability to most like bankable asset and how much he sets to carry it. If Who Austin, are you coming to see? Basically, if Austin hadn't blown up and made the industry this billion-dollar-making industry, mm. I don't think we would be just like have so much emphasis on drawing power potentially. But like that may change depending on how WCW you know falls away or ECW goes bankrupt or anything like that. But yeah, I, I think yeah. The Rock has deserved an award this year for yeah, what he's done. Absolutely. If you were to ask your
0: average casual viewer of the WWF, and there are millions of them, if you were to put a gun to their head because I might be in some cases put a gun to their head, one word what is the What is the reason, not who is the reason what is the reason you watch WWF they're going to say The Rock. And by that definition I don't see how he can't win this award. This. I still, There's still an element of surprise though. I'm I, but then, what, what he didn't win any other category here. He, even Best Match, for example. So, like going through this and The Rock not winning anything, we wouldn't be able to show our faces in public again, everybody. We'd be the, the scorn of the podcast world, such that it is. But I do think we've corrected ourselves there, and The Rock has won MVP of this, of this year. But I'm still... Let's see. I think this is going to be another one we need to tweak when 2001 rolls around. But for now, he takes the blue ribbon, and I'm more than fine with that. Scores on the doors then. Plus scores for positive awards. Negative for negative awards means a total of the, WW, the WWF I've only been doing this for four hours. WWF scoring nine points. ECW scoring one point. There you go, Lacey. Ignominy avoided. <laughs> World Championship Wrestling weighing in with a mighty minus four. <laughs>
4: That's
0: it? <laughs> say
3: worth minus ten.
4: <laughs> That's almost... It's always credible the, in a way, isn't The Wahoo's it? got to be worth more.
3: Sorry, the Russo. <laughs> the right. fact is named, right. named after him, that's like double yeah. points. And that
0: brings us to the end of our 2000 awards show and brings us to the end of this year on the Wrestling 20 Years Ago podcast what a year it has been. What a show this has been. Who's on my screen first? Chris Lacey, you popped up on Skype. I can mention Skype now because we're back out of the time machine. Thank you so much for your contributions today and throughout the
3: year, my friend. As always, pleasure as, as ever. Yeah. You know, I'm a fair few beers deep now, so yeah.
0: <laughs> e. I hope so. <laughs> Anything to plug while you're still baking compost, mentors.
3: Um, Just... Listen to the ECW shows, especially, you know, as it's not long for this world. Um, yeah, um, obviously, as always, follow on the Facebook and the Twitter and such. And, you know, if you want rants about football and video gaming and music, follow me lacy uh, Lacey555666. Um, that's about it at the minute. Um, obviously, the music show is still on hiatus while I find a a workaround. But yeah, other than that that's about it. Dan, cheers as always, my man.
2: Thank you. I feel emotionally drained, <laughs> exhausted. Put all my efforts in that Bruce rant, and I feel drained now. Um yeah, thank you so much guys for, for listening and sticking with us for another year. Probably the most polarizing year we've we, you could ever hope to have. Um, with one company just being far and away ahead of shoulders above the rest, and one company just being hot trash. Um, so thank you, Rory and Eric, especially, and also Lacey and Bob for for gutting through it. And you're finally out of the woods now. It's going to get better or worse, depending on how you feel, how 2001 goes. Or oh, just you, wait
0: <laughs> I think April's going to be nice, but when we get to July...
2: Okay. do we have to can we like draw straws on who has to cover that show we all know which show it's going to be yes but like i feel every single person who's ever had an affiliation to this podcast would want to be on that show so let's see who does it it's random draw i think we might have to you know it's only fair
0: chris white there we go another year in the books
4: another year in the books. It was a good year. I I, want to do similar to Dan a shout out to Eric, Rory, Lacey as well. Everyone really, who's been on a dog shit WCW show this year, (laughs) because it's infinitely harder to commit to a project like this. When you know what you've got to look forward to, is going to be, is going to be anger inducing or just, piss you off and be bad and they've done a hell of a job throughout the year so credit to you all makes
0: it all worthwhile yeah there you go eric we made it you and i
4: you know one thing
1: i learned about this show is you really got to want to do it at a certain point uh because wcw has not been fun uh this year um and I thought it was really cool though, because what we had is a situation where we all kind of knew this was coming. And all of a sudden we had uh people like Bob Bamber and people like Dell who like kinda understand like that this is a really important kind of critical turning point in the history of wrestling, wanting to come back and and, and be part of it. And so I think while the month-to-month has been kind of a slog, and editing these shows is is more challenging than you'll ever know, uh, because they're, they, they're so long and we have so much to say. Um, but really, yeah, it's it's been a, a really revelatory year uh, with, with our project, and probably, you know, it's going to change, and, and we know that. Um, but it's been really heartening to know that, like, even through some of this bad stuff, we've been able to... Um, I hope provide a neutral and entertaining uh, a news forward look at it. And I really hope that that can continue despite the changes that are going to be foisted upon us because of people like Paul Heyman and, uh, Bill, uh, and, uh, and the folks at WCW. And, and so like, yeah, stick with us, man. It's been great. It's been the hardest year in the history of the podcast for me because I've had to watch nothing but WCW for like 10 months. Uh, but I wouldn't turn it away. I wouldn't change it for anything, uh, because we're doing, uh, you know, we're making history here or we're we're documenting history here that it's never been documented in this way. And we're going to continue to do it. And, uh, yeah, next year is going to be interesting. We don't really know what's going to go on. We're going to call it in the ring largely. Uh, but, yeah, I'd like, you know, shout out to Lacey and, and uh, for keeping the ECW thing going. Uh, and Chris White, you know, you had the easy job this year, but it's still not fun all the time to write and record and produce these shows takes a lot of time we don't get paid for it and i hope everybody realizes like it takes a lot to produce three three-hour shows every month um yeah and Rory, are you you know you had a tumultuous tumultuous year you came back and we're happy to have you i'm like yeah this is it's it's great and everybody should just stick with us because as wrestling changes the podcast will change too but only for the better
0: well said sir. well said indeed
3: Said so the one thing that we'll just pop in is obviously another thing. Obviously, with we're all out of you know 2000s mode. With the shit show that this year has been in the real world, you know it has at times made this harder to do. You know with the ECW, I, me and Yali go and record it in person. I go around his house and we do it. And obviously with restrictions, there's been times when that shit hasn't been able to be done. Yeah, where a lot of us are working from home so to have the motivation to do it and especially when like the few times I've been on WCW this year, I know how shit it is but you still have to go I have to watch it you know it is one of those of the dedication that it takes for this is beyond what people may think but you know all of us do such a fucking good job that you know seeing in fact this is the last year when this will be running as is to this extent you know we all know we all know what happens next year you know the other two disappear it will be a change um in theory it'll be easier for the, us the hosts because obviously we've decided things for going forward but it still doesn't take away the great work that all of us as hosts do. Everyone that jumps on for a month or does every month puts in the effort to watch everything. You know, it's a thanks to everyone and the fact that people listen, thanks to YouTube.
0: Nothing more I can add to those heartfelt comments from the four guys there, but I'm going to try nevertheless in my position as host of these shows. As Eric has said, a lot of time goes into this, but a lot of thought and a lot of love as well. yeah, you know, might be tough love at times, but trust me, it is there. And we do strive and endeavor every single month to give you the very best possible show we can, no matter how much time it takes up. And it does. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it really can be a bit of a slog when you know what you've got to watch, you know you've got to take your play-by-play notes, you know you're going to have three, four hours of editing to do on your touchpad and on your laptop. You've got to get the audio beds in time so they don't drown yourself out. All of this stuff we have to go through month after month. and I think Eric himself said it best off-air. The important thing about this is that it never becomes like a job. It should always be a hobby. And as long as it always is, then the enjoyment is always going to come through. All of us really enjoy doing this show was ever a time where we didn't trust me we wouldn't do it and i don't see that happening any point within the next 20 years maybe when we get to 2020 wwe we might probably be asking ourselves a few questions although we might have forgotten or by the time we get there so we'll be looking forward to ray having his eye gouged out to pick something out by random or Tucker nice turning here.
4: for the first time <laughs>
0: <laughs> or maybe not but yes yeah, stick with us everybody say 2001 when we get there After the first three months, it is going to be very different. Of course, you won't be hearing from us quite as often. I've got some special shows in the pipeline. For those who've been asking, we will very much be continuing with the WWF from April onwards. When we get to 2002, who knows? We will very much cross that bridge when we come to it. But monthly shows in timeline for WWF when the other companies disappear and some special ones out of timeline but we will not be leaving WCW and ECW behind quite yet when we get to early spring watch out for those when they arrive but for now just say thank you very much for listening to this, it has been a long show a lot of discussion, now you're probably listening to this strung out on your sofa on New Year's Day evening, I will now leave you all to go and watch the sound of music but from Chris White, from Dan Welling Eric Lange Chris Lacy, I have been drawing up the model. We will see you in 2001.